Welcome to 646. My name is Dawson McManus. We got Ben Foss in the studio. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. Um, now, just to eliminate any kind of pretense, you've been here for a little while. We've been drinking a little bit. And, a little. And looking at uh, recording programs. Mostly GarageBand, but um, yep. then it shows you a little bit of Studio One, which is what I'm rocking right now. Um, we work together at Long and McQuaid. Ben is a guitar teacher, and you're starting to teach, uke, or you have been teaching uke for a little bit too, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of cool because so far you're the first like lead guitar player right. that has been in here. Um, there's been vocalists that are rhythm players or people that are you know kind of noodle and shit like that, but you're the first like really legit <laughs> right. guitar player. So welcome. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> You've been playing for quite a long time. Um, 26 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a while. A while, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This will probably be a bit of an easier question for you than, than a lot of other people. I've been asking everybody kind of like what the first creative thing they ever witnessed really grabbed them by the balls and made them take notice. Was It was probably a song, I would imagine. It was. I've always been into music. Like, my dad loved Pink Floyd and stuff, so growing up it was yeah, like yeah. always had it around. But it was funny. The thing that made me want to play music for like, fun and for a living kind of was uh basket case by green day no and way. i wanted to be a bass player initially really? but i had out of my group of friends i had a bass player uh, like i had a buddy who had a bass so i ended up being the guitar player because my cousin had a guitar so i got my hands on a really crappy guitar nice. <laughs> and that well, what, led to the path do you remember what it was i don't remember the brand but it was a hilarious black guitar that had a a speaker built into it <laughs> really it was awful i've never even heard of something like that no and That's i can't amazing. for the life of me think of what the name was but it was an epic piece of garbage that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. that's so cool that it was basket case too because yeah. man i'll tell you uh dookie had a really heavy duty effect on oh well i think probably a lot of people around our age yeah dookie was a big deal yeah it was the end of the grunge era, like for yeah. me at least. It was like when things weren't so angry anymore. It right. was that happy like yeah. we're all gonna be happy for a little while. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. it grabbed me. I think I was like thirteen when yeah. it came out. So nice. it was, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty good. What was your first like good guitar then, or decent at least? I had a PB Predator that I bought not too long after that. Like okay. my parents pitched some money in, but I had a paper out, so I bought it. Mm. Uh, it was red. It was like a red Strat kind of idea with a maple neck, and it was uh, it was great. I used it for a long time, actually. Right on. What yeah. was your first amp? Would it? Uh, do you remember? It would have been either the. I don't think I ever had a PB Rage. It was a PB Envoy. Envoy. <laughs> yeah. One ten. Wow. I don't know if I know the Envoy. I definitely know the Rage because would have just I been the I bottle up. Have, oh, okay. Yeah. So a little bigger, but I still. actually still have a. I think it's a Rage. Right. It might be at a buddy's house right now, though. But I definitely had one. Was it one of the old ones where it was still green and, like, gray, kind of? No, it was one of the slightly newer ones when they made it all just black and had the, right. um... I don't know what you call the, um... That kind of fake vinyl shit made it look like scales. You yep. know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, uh, like the fake Tolex or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yep. like, the same thing that's on the outside of the Fender Deluxe or yep. any of those amps. Because this one was previous, that like that era. It oh, was like okay. old school. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. Yeah, I know my my PP Rage. I got secondhand off of a buddy. The same time I bought that Godin. Mm. Actually, um, I feel kind of bad because I got a really good deal. I paid him <laughs> five hundred bucks for that Godin. I mean, if he was happy at the time, that's yeah. That's I mean, hey, he pay. said he said yes. So, <laughs> exactly right. And now I have a Godin, and it there makes me happy. As uh, it should. They're yeah. nice. <laughs> it is. It's a nice. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's not quite. 
it's not quite that crazy strat you've got with the rolling nut. That right. Is yeah, the Jeff Beck signature. It's, yeah. It's nice. That's a really, yeah. Mm. It's fancy. That was that was hard to give that back when you lent that to me. Yeah. Even just that. for the afternoon, <laughs> I was just like, no. Well, I had a, I had my, I actually was thinking of buying uh, an, just an American Standard, and then yeah. picked that one and taught on it for a little while. When it first showed up, was like, yeah, I'm not giving it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just gonna keep this. Yeah, that would be really hard to give back. Yeah, you just put it on my account. Yeah. <laughs> do your do your folks do music at all? No, it's uh, my dad always wanted to play in it, like guitar and stuff, but right. he, it was funny. He what ruined it for him is he bought a Les Paul. I don't know if it was a real one or not when he was like right. 13 from a guy and it was stolen. So dad actually no. got arrested. Like he was too young to truly get arrested, but he got taken away. He didn't get any of his money back. It ruined it for a long time for him. And then he went to carpentry and like construction and sure. destroyed his hands over oh, years. So man. it's like he can't, he's tried to play, but it's like a physical impossibility right. because of the damage that he's done. So that he's always been sucks. musical, but never got into it. Right. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Damn, so you're kind of, you're the vicarious dream liver. Yeah, yeah. and dad's always been kind of there for it. It was right. like, he's bought me, they bought me a couple decent guitars, and he's always nice. like, we'll just let him play at whatever volume he wants. Nice, <laughs> so, yeah, nice. And, so then, tons of support then, yeah, growing up. Always, yeah, always, yeah. Never Very any nice. flack or anything. It was yeah. always like, yeah, yeah, play more guitar. Yeah, never His, that get a haircut and get a real job. No, nonsense. it was always grow your hair out and play more Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and learn the solo to this Pink Floyd song yeah. next. <laughs> I didn't buy you that guitar for you to learn that fucking Green Day. Yeah. David Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, all the way. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But he was big into like the old prog rock and stuff too. Oh, so nice. Was, yeah, nice. So what were too. some of the like other prog bands then? He liked Yes a bunch. He was nice. uh, he really liked Uriah Heep quite a okay. bit. Like yeah, yeah. loved that first album. Well, I think it was the only album because I think they somebody died. I think the singer died right after. Huh. But yeah, it was like Genesis. He was huge into Genesis. Like that makes sense. Early stuff too. Like, yeah, back when Gabriel was wearing like the weird paper yep. shaped bird head yep. and shit. One of the big albums I remember is uh, "The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway." Was oh, that yeah. double album? He used to love listening to that. And nice. Just put it on and chill and rock, rock that stuff. So something that blew my mind. I didn't know until a couple of years ago that Journey was originally a prog band. Have mm -hmm. you heard their? I'm. You probably already know this. Yeah. I think it was like the first three records. I yep. thought it was the first two. They're like a bluesy prog me. band kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's wild. Uh, it doesn't surprise me because Neil Sean got his start as uh, the guitar player in Santana's band yeah, when he was like right. 16. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. And they're pretty jammy. So yeah, but yeah, they. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember who it was that joined, but he was very poppy in mm. his way. So that's when they started writing like the anthems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Steve Perry came around, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that's yeah? It's Steve Perry. Yeah, the singer. Yeah, I think. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not as well versed in Journey. No, I, no, I know a couple of them, but yeah, it's mostly just Neil Sean because he's a ripping guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he is. He's like Gilmore shit. on steroids in a way. Yeah. Always has nice melody, but decides yeah. to play good some tone. really shred happy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really good tone, too. Yep. Really for good. Sure. Um, actually, something that I really love is, um, oh, I'm having trouble. I'm I, This is embarrassing. I'm actually drawing a blank on the on the tune now. I'm pretty sure if it's not Journey, it's Foreigner, in which case right? I feel bad for getting them confused, <laughs> but whatever, fuck it. That's the there's, It happens. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a guitar solo, and you, you probably know the one where he like slides up the neck and i think he's either trying to do a bend or he's trying to slide and he can't quite get the note and it's like and it like just 
It's uh, probably the end of Don't Stop uh, Don't Stop Believing. Is it that is solo? It? Yeah. It, it and what it might be, be is he, uh, from what I've seen or heard anyway, he does a bend and then taps those two last notes. So it's like he would do oh, a so bend up the and then tap and then oh. tap the next one again. So it's that okay. might be that 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 trick. could be it then because <laughs> like every time I hear it, I'm like, I love that they just left that. Yeah, you know, like because the whole thing is such a ripping solo, and you're yeah. like, here's the climate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not quite really the same. <laughs> sort of like the uh, like the pinch harmonics in um, that uh, or well, almost pinch harmonics in that. Um, uh, Blue Rodeo tune. Yeah, uh, um, like Five Days of Bay or whatever that's it was. It, five yeah. Days of May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. It I mean, starts out kind of, it starts yeah. out cool. Like, yeah. the solo starts cool, and then it just kind of, he kind of Neil Young's it. Yeah, which end. is cool in its own way. Yeah, like, for that sure. Like, freedom of, I'll just do it and keep that take or whatever, but yeah. it's like, there's, it has, I have to be in the right mood to, yeah. <laughs> to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's usually after a couple of these and then. Yeah couple of those yep uh, yeah. <laughs> when you're like ah, i'm not as critical now <laughs> yeah well there's something to be said for that ugly <laughs> the yeah, ugly right? freedom of yeah. things absolutely so when did you get into your first band when did you decide you wanted to like try to be in a band uh kind of right away it was funny i wanted to be in a band right away like oh, okay. it was like it was more about being in a band than playing an instrument oh, at really? the beginning just but, to be one of those guys yeah kind of yeah. because i like i saw the video was like i want to do that mm. like that mm-hmm. right there kind of idea so uh yeah. but after a while it like the more i played the instrument the more it was like i don't give a shit about that side of it anymore it's like i like it and it's cool and i'll yeah. do it but i'm obsessed with this instrument now yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was uh so almost like right away i, I can't for the life of me remember what the first band name was but it was like me and three buddies and just like writing terrible like two chord songs because i could only play power chords so it's like i'm gonna put four of these together and hope for the best with stupid song names like caffeine and like just ridiculous (laughs) things but my brother was in it for a little while playing bass because we had a revolving lineup of people (laughs) whoever had instruments at the time right (laughs) like every high school band exactly any one of your friends that has an instrument like wait you have something we'll play that yeah (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, and then from then on, it was like high school bands. Like I basically I laugh. I'm a bit of a musical whore. It's like I'll pretty much play with anybody. Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah, like especially sure. if they're good and fun to play with. Yep. And yeah, I'm a little stuff. pickier now, of course. Sure. Like, we as all the levels get that go way. up, it's yeah. <laughs> you want to play with other people and stuff. But yeah, people yep. that can hang. Yep. basically. Yeah. But I was in a teacher. I joined my like the teacher's band from Ketter when I was like 19. Right as soon as I was out of high school, I joined it as like the guitar player. That's fine. Played a bunch of weddings and stuff. It was nice. fun. It was entertaining. Right on. That's that's good though for like a nineteen year old playing weddings and stuff. Yeah. You're probably making decent money. Yep. It was. It paid pretty well, and it was like it was neat to experience all that, but have no pressure of being like because I was just like the little punk kid. It was like right. Ben will just show up and play what we tell him to, but it, no booking, no yeah. talking to people. It was it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird. It was an interesting experience to see the teachers outside of work and like having a couple <laughs> drinks and party and it's like wait like six months ago you were yelling at me because i was late yeah. <laughs> to, you know chemistry or whatever yeah <laughs> it and was now great. you're doing tequila shots or something yeah exactly yeah. And now we're doing yeah, yeah. it's like now we're hanging out it's like <laughs> oh weird it's that's a weird realization eh? when you find yeah. out that there's really no such thing as an adult yeah that they're yeah. just big, just us yeah just <laughs> big same. kids that have zero idea either yeah and they're like Oh man, you're winging this shit too. Yep. 
fuck. That takes some of the pressure off. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a neat experience in the way that uh, Barb, the one teacher, she was really good. Like she's oh, a nice. killer singer. She sings with uh, Peterborough singers. I think she mm. leads them. Like at these days is one of her things. Nice. And she is amazing. And listening to her sing and work parts, it was like really eye-opening okay, <laughs> as far cool. as like oh so that's how you put something like that together that's nice. how you work out vocal harmonies because oh, you know yeah. when you're a high, terrified high school kid it's like i'm not singing backups right it's like we have one singer that yeah. guy yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody else balls to stand up in front of everybody <laughs> exactly. with nothing else in his hands yeah it was like, like i'm barely nervy enough to get up here with my guitar right? <laughs> it's like you want me to say things <laughs> like no way <laughs> not a chance <laughs> go to talk to the audience man no no we're yeah. just gonna play more songs <laughs> yeah. just do uh, shoegazing the whole fucking oh yeah terrifying yeah. But that's hilarious yeah it was fun well how old were you when you played your very first gig like even if it's like a talent show yeah it would have been uh, probably grade grade 9 yeah probably the end of grade 9 like somewhere in grade 9 yeah because yeah, I put nice. together a band because uh, there was another guy named Mike who didn't know anybody and somebody he was talking about wanting to be in a band so he's like Ben uh, plays guitar you should talk to him nice. and then we found Chris like, and all that kind of stuff and, oh that's your buddy Chris that's like the multi-instrumentalist yep. like crazy yeah. player at everything that he does yep. him and yeah. I have been playing together since we were probably 20 years like be probably before Jesus I was 16 Christ. so yeah like grade 9 he was the drummer in my band that's wild <laughs> Yeah. that's cool when you can maintain like a working relationship like that yeah for a decade yeah or more oh yeah and it was yeah because he's been gone five years but up until that point we were always in bands together pretty much yeah. and like, like he moved away to go to school in ottawa for a bit but yeah, yeah yeah anytime he was around we were playing music so it was like probably almost a full 20 year stretch of being Jeez. in bands together and stuff which yeah. is why it bothers me so bad that he's not here <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean that's like my older brother Devin. he right. and i were in so many bands like there were a couple of bands we weren't in together but yep. not many basically up until he moved to bc and right. then and then as soon as he came back to ontario put a band together yep. with him it's like all right man yep it's time again <laughs> dust off that les paul motherfucker yep it'd be the yeah. same like if chris ever moves back it'll yeah. be like i i have a waiting spot for you yeah <laughs> in it's, my so, band. <laughs> it's just constant that spot's always open yep it's like no we'll make room yeah we'll take a pay cut we'll, we'll yeah. make it happen yeah <laughs> it's, it's worth it that's awesome <laughs> yeah. very cool so, um, where was your first gig then? Do you remember? It would have been like the talent show at school, oh, kind of like Sorry. the assembly, like the final assembly right, or whatever. Like the Christmas assembly been. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was Christmas or the end of the year, but it would have been nice. the, that thing. Oh, and then we pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what would we have played? Something super lame, probably. Nice. Oh, maybe not though. We might have played like Shine by Collective Soul oh, or something. Oh, you know what? That's when they started getting cool too. Yep. Was, well, Gel was good. Yep. That was the record before it, wasn't it? No, Gel was later. That was when they... Or Shine after, was on sorry, the Shine first was, one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Gel was later? Yeah, Gel was on... Oh, uh, man, I'm all... Yeah, I can't remember what up. album was it, but it was like Confused. the second one with like December and stuff like that on Oh, okay. Yeah. I... Okay, I'll, I'll be straight. I only had uh, their greatest hits. Yep. So, and that was... I don't even think I listened to the whole thing. No, I think Shine was like the lead-off single. Like, yeah. it was their first single, and it was like, that's yeah. what kind of elevated them up to being the bigger band or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, cause... yeah, it was right back in my, my heyday. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, I could probably only name three. It's, it's, and I love these three tunes, but yep. Shine, Gel, and Heavy right. are yep. probably the only three yep. I could name off the top of my head. So I probably shouldn't be trying to... Guess what record? Yeah, and it, like I say, I just I feel no like it's an earlier song, but I yeah. could be wrong about that. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> it's been a long time. Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, the internet will tell me. Yep. Oh shit. So, how many bands did you play through before you started taking on more of a leadership role? Because that's what you're 
doing now or yeah, we're doing probably like i didn't get into leading bands or anything like that until late like until the last five or six years kind of thing it oh, was wow, like really? i always just kind of was like the side guy yeah you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. i take over if i had to but i was sure. i find i'm very easygoing in a band so it's right. i would rather just be like no nah, i don't care that much yeah. <laughs> I what found, are we gonna play all right yeah. that's a good song I found even the last, like, the reason I took over in one of the later bands was just I was the guy who knew everybody. So instead of being like, right. hey, Chad, why don't you try to tell Jay what to do, even though you guys don't know each other? It's like, right. I know everybody, so I'll be that guy, I guess. And then right. inevitably that falls into leaders, I guess. So, right. Yeah. Starting out as just kind of, like, personnel coordinator, which yep. is then like, all right, since you know everybody, you can book the shows, too. And yep, all that very shit. much so. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of that just fell into my lap kind of idea. It was like right. people, for whatever reason, knew me, and it was like, hey, you got a band? Let's do that. And then it was nice. like, now I'm booking all kinds of shows, and yeah. here we are. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, and you play quite a bit, too. Yeah, and it's with tapered a few a little, still, but Yeah, yep. well, it's that time of year, really. Yep. Like, kind of, I've slowed down a little bit yeah. for this couple of months well nobody wants to party in the middle of winter right, right. or they do at their house yeah it's like, well what if, what, if, what does your band come to my living room so, yeah mm, well, you're probably not going to enjoy that yeah i don't know how much you or your neighbors will appreciate neighbors jesus christ yeah will appreciate that probably not so much uh, not a lot yeah but yeah it does yeah, it's been good, and it's yeah. Uh, but again, it comes back to that playing with everybody, right? The yeah. More, then you can fill your slots out yeah. with all the people, and, and why not too? Like especially when, like you were saying, just being kind of easy in a band, like yep, it's really sweet. We can go, yeah, that's fine. I'm cool to sit back and play mostly rhythm or do yep. whatever, you know. Well, in a way, I love it. Like yeah. a couple of the last bands, like when Chris finally started coming out as a guitar player, like because right. for the longest time he was just the rhythm guy because he wasn't comfortable. And it's like mm. it's my first instrument, so it's like there's always more natural comfort than him being picking it up like third or whatever. Yeah. But eventually he got to a point where he's like, I want all the solos, and it was like, take them all because nice. I've been soloing for ten years and yeah. I don't want to anymore. <laughs> Your turn, you lazy. <laughs> yeah. For a little while, I just want to play rhythm parts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to play straight eighth notes for a little while. Yeah. And sometimes those rhythm lines are just as fucking cool as the lead yep. so like, well and it's fun to fuck around with the rhythms of it and like yeah. what can i do that won't throw the balance of the song away but makes yeah, it yeah. totally different right, right? so yeah. different voicings inversions all those fun yeah, things like, yeah yeah Good very times. cool <laughs> yeah and the first time i think the first time we played together at, like at, for a real show was right. um the dave matthews tribute yep which was a lot of fun yep and i i do want to do that again i just gotta get my voice fixed well, it's pretty demanding. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, just for anybody listening that doesn't know, we did a Dave Matthews tribute that I got to sing for. And it was a lot of fun because it, it introduced me to the Dave Matthews band. Which <laughs> right. I'm so late to the party on that. That was embarrassing, too, because Beth, I think it was Beth, asked me first, she's like, do you like the Dave Matthews band? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh. But they were they were one of those listen. like underground bands that never fully made it like huge like they're huge but yeah. they never made it like mainstream huge for whatever right. reason they've like, got the cult yeah. following yeah well they'll yeah. fill Red Rock like oh, yeah. they'll, like they'll you know That's sell a good huge concert too. well they sold out Central Park right yeah. for like three nights in a row or something yeah. so it's like it's ridiculous how many people they draw in but you never hear them on the radio like yeah. it's I remember when they first came out because they were like huge in the college scene yeah. so it was like too much and like crash and those right, songs were on right. the radio for a bit but yeah. even and they disappeared very quickly. Yeah, I um, love that song too much. Yeah, that it's is, amazing. <laughs> that is so much fun to sing. Yep. Oh my god! It was the first song I heard by them. Was it? That was my introduction nice. to the Dave Matthews band. Nice. I think the first one I heard was uh, "Ants Marching." Right. And I was like, "That's pretty cool. I yeah. like that a lot." And I remember 
shitting the bed at our first rehearsal because I was overconfident. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's just singing. I can, you know, it's rock and roll. Because yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, not so rock and roll no. In, in, no. in the way it's structured, for sure. No. Weird really, rhythms, weird pitch jumps. Yeah. But a really Jeez. unique band in that yeah. way. Like, I remember when they first came out, it was like, am I really hearing, like, horn section and a violin part and a clean, like, an acoustic guitar? Like, what, what? the hell kind of band is this, right? Yeah. Like, this doesn't fit any mold. Yeah. But that was the point. Like, I remember reading an article with Dave where he talked about, like, I handpicked all these guys out of other bands to form this unique band I had in my mind. But he's yeah. from South Africa, or at least has spent a lot of time yeah. there. So it's like his background is significantly different yeah, than yeah. like, you know, a standard white rock and roll guy. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it's weird, but awesome. Yeah, there's a cool interview where he talks about that, where he said that his mother tells him that she can always hear South Africa in yep. his music. And yep. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That I remember watching the storytellers where he's talking about like going over there and making an ass out of himself because he's like, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm starving. And then you look around and it's like, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just hungry. Yeah, I should really maybe not over-exaggerate. Yeah, well, they remember those things and then having friends from there come back to the States with them and stuff and being like watching their minds be blown by the most basic things. But, of right. course, when you're you know coming from tribal Africa, it's, it's a whole different yeah. world, I'm sure. Yeah, which is really cool, too, because a lot of that political stuff started creeping into the music, too. Yep, with, for sure uh, it did. Uh, Don't Drink the Water. Yep. Which is... There, there are more than that for sure, but yep. that was that's a big one that I really like that too. Well, and it's it's, it's one cool. of the ones that's very in your face about it. Yes. Like he usually is much like a little more subtle with his yeah. messaging in his songs, but yeah, in that one, it's very much like, nope, this is the point, and you'll get it, yeah. <laughs> whether yeah. you like it or not. Then yeah. Alanis Morissette screaming at you by the end. Well, yeah, yeah, know, just to drive it home. Yeah, <laughs> we need something really high and really shrill. Yeah. I know. Which, just for the record, Marcus Brown hitting those notes at the Dave show was, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I, that made me so happy when he started doing it. I yeah. was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. Yeah, that was so but much fun. Especially having three female vocalists who didn't do it. Right? <laughs> and having Marcus do it instead. That was outstanding. That was pretty awesome. That was a lot of, that was a crazy lineup, too. Yeah. Like, that was holy pretty shit. pretty out there. Marcus, Rico, you, and Jay, yep. and, and Beth, too. Yep. And, like, it was... I felt so fucking out of my element, man. Right. That was crazy. Well, yeah, because you had jam with most of us, right? Like, that was the first time we kind of yeah, ever did that, that as, like, that line. Well, that lineup that for line sure. That lineup for sure, yeah. But um, I, I jammed with Rico a couple of times. He was actually the guy that kind of put the last nail in the coffin that sent me off to music school. Right. And um, we were hanging out one night after a jam and uh, having a smoke. And I was like, yep. man, I'm thinking about going to college to study jazz. And he's like... <laughs> do it <laughs> was like, well that's, all right that sounds like if it. this guy says i should do it because he's one of the best players i've right. ever met so i was yep. like all right if this guy says to go do it then i, I gotta go do it yep for right. sure he's the he's he might hear this but whatever fuck it he's the reason i have a, a hat collection now because that dude was always wearing the most badass hats and he just looks his so hat f- collection is impressive right he just looks so <laughs> fucking cool when he's playing i'm like yep it all helps. right it's like, all right, I'm going to start wearing hats. <laughs> it didn't help, help it my playing at all. But. It helps set you apart in the crowd, though. Right. It's like only musicians have the nerve to wear some of those hats. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, uh, oh, man. And then that was um the second time. I, I jammed with Jay one other time. Right. Um, And uh, thank God he was playing bass. <laughs> and not me playing bass in front of him, which I've done before. I don't, I don't like playing bass. I've in heard front of he's him. unnerving that way. <laughs> he, can, he can be, and it's not that he's intense yeah. as a person. Well, he can, he can be intense sometimes. He can be, uh, but 
he's just such a good bass player yeah. that it's like, man, I don't want to fucking play this. Well, and he's still out there all the time too. Yeah. Like he's his presence is felt in the city for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, it's hard to pull a fast one on a dude that has perfect pitch. There's always that. There's so you're like, well, hell, man, he's in, he's in my band. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like you're flat. Like, yeah, tune, tune your guitar. Ah, come on, <laughs> come Just, on, man. <laughs> scratches his head it's like ah he's frustrated about something (laughs) that happens yeah but yeah no i've been lucky that like that lineup i've played with many times in different arrangements but yeah yeah i've always gotten lucky that way yeah there was a brief moment of comfort when i was told i would have to play harmonica on a song until i found out that it was john popper that i had to lift and i was like motherfuckers every time the second i think i'm gonna have like a little bit of relief it's like no but you rocked it man well thank you that was all i will say though that taught me a bunch of new tricks which i use very regularly now which is sweet so i'm I'm glad you guys really pushed me to do that well he's always he's always been a great I've always loved to listen to him play harmonica. Yeah, but. in like anything Blues yeah. Traveler or any other guest yeah. spot, like that dude's a monster. Well, even when he did that cover, when Metallica did that cover of Tuesday's Gone, yes. the acoustic cover, and he yeah, steps yeah. up, is like, yeah, that was that yeah. was something. Steals the show. <laughs> oh, Just, easy. He's like, yeah, I know you're Metallica, but check this out. Yeah. Watch and you're this like, craziness. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So with I guess with um, other instruments like that, do you take different instrument? influences into your guitar playing i try to yeah for sure it's like i who knows how well i'm doing with it all the time but it's like yeah it's uh like for me at least i try to like when i'm approaching certain things it's like if i'm trying to imitate a horn part like no bending like there's certain considerations for sure and it's like try to think of like how would you play this as a different player right and it's like playing piano helps with that kind of stuff and it's yeah but it's it's the inevitable ending, never-ending battle, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, yeah, am I doing a good job of it? Maybe. But then nerves take over and you do your pentatonic madness because yeah. that's what <laughs> feels good. <laughs> okay, back to home base. Yeah. yeah, but I keep getting more comfortable with like pushing the envelope as far as like, yeah, that note is fairly unpleasant at times, but it'll settle eventually. And it's, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't care as much anymore, I guess. That's yeah. the beauty of being 36. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll just play that bad note, whatever. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, too, also just getting more comfortable with, like, I'm sure experimenting with different scales and just playing outside yep. of the comfort zone. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Yep. Well, yeah, and it's that whole idea of, like, the first time you hear a diminished chord, it's unpleasant. And yeah. you don't care for it. But the yeah. more you're exposed to it, it's like, you know what, I'm going to put it in there sometimes. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. It's unsettling, but I like it. Yeah. A lot of tension. And then when yep. you come back to something that's really consonant, you get that, oh, yep. yes, that nice you. little release, right? Yeah. Ah, now I feel better. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because some of the first bands that I heard a lot of diminished chords and stuff like that were a lot of the grunge bands. Yep. Like. Uh, STP is a big one yep. for doing that kind of shit. Alice in Chains, a little, not as much, yep. but a little bit. And well, they'll push awkward chords at you, right? Yeah. Like they'll play an E7, but like accent E and D. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, and that's uh, kind of unpleasant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, without the rest. But it's like that, that minor seven is like kind of harsh. It's kind of just, jarring by yeah. itself, right? But yeah, eventually bit. it's like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got its sound right? to it. It's like the first time you hear a major seven chord, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's, then that's not right. <laughs> then the more you hear it and the more you play with it and stuff, it's like, yep. oh, no, that's actually pretty sweet. I, yeah, I dig it. Well, shit, um, it's, uh, to take it way back to probably one of the first songs I'm sure you probably learned, especially for finger picking Stairway to Heaven. Right, yeah. F major seven, yep. right? A lot. Yeah, it's in there all the time. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Yep. So, yep. 
Yeah, no, it's Ooh. fun that way, right? Yeah. But it's and it's amazing <laughs> how much you're exposed to it without realizing it, right? Because right. like all through Dust in the Wind, it's like yeah. it's a recurring major seventh chord, like yeah. all right in your face. But like the way they put it together, it's like yeah, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I don't notice anyway. Yeah. What a beautifully melancholy tune, too. Yep, it's very sad. Well, but it's nice when you do when you settle those things, right? <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, where where are you playing? Uh, mo- well, what's the name of your band? Uh, well, currently should... Burns Comb, yeah. <laughs> the cover band. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. people should know. And where yeah. where can they typically find you? Uh, Peterborough area most of the time, but yeah, it's yeah. like we play a lot of private functions. But like, yeah, typically like we'll play the Dobro or like out at Jesse's out in Ennismore, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. All over the place. But we're on hiatus at the moment because three out of four band members have had babies in right. the last little while. Yeah, that definitely kind of pumps the brakes a little bit. It does. For <laughs> sure. But that's okay because then maybe it frees up a little bit of time for some recording projects. Totally does. Yeah. <laughs> you just do other things. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. fill the space with other things. Right? Yep. Yeah. And the and your teaching roster is getting like stupid full. Crazy again. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. doing six days a week, right? Yep. Yeah. Almost that's... like other than Friday and Saturday, 10, 12 students a day generally. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, Fine. so far this month, it's at 110 or something, I think. 110 students? Yeah, since the start of December. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yep. I... You've got like double the amount of students that I have. Well, yeah. I'm there twice as much. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. You've got another three days than I do. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think last year three it days? was like almost. No, two. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Keep. Yeah. Sorry. But I think I totally last year it was you. like. Almost 3,000 lessons over the course of the year or something. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you find your brain is kind of spongy? It happens. Yeah, sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Because sometimes that happens to me. Yeah. Like Shy the... and I talk about that a lot, actually, oh. about how the job's mentally fatiguing, but not like physically. Right. But, like at the end of the day, it's like, ugh, I'm yeah. just mentally gone. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I, I always feel bad for the, the last student of the day. Right. Because you... I don't know about you, but sometimes words just don't come properly or I can't articulate this thought yep. that I could have done maybe two hours ago, but yep. now I'm struggling to be like, just, no, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, help me. It's like, I, you're just, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You're just yeah. not doing it right. It's, it's just wrong. Try it again. Just, yeah. just try it again. That's the best I can <laughs> do yeah. at the end and, of the night, which is so bad. Not, not all happens. the time, but every once in a while, especially when you're really hungry. Yeah really thirsty you haven't gone to the bathroom you're just like in six hours (laughs) yeah you're just like god damn it yeah for sure i just want to go home (laughs) but yeah no it is it is a mentally challenging job in its own way because i find the big the big trick for me is that like how do you explain something a second way if the most proficient way doesn't work right Right? it's like well i i articulated it the best i could yeah and you don't get it Okay, how am yeah. I going to relate this to something like, I have no well, idea right? what to do now? Well, <laughs> yeah. Although, on the flip side of that, though, do you find that having to break down the way you play so much gives you a better understanding of where you're at and, yep. and also help you help to reinforce stuff that you already, like, maybe kind of knew, but, yep. like, once you put it under the microscope, yep. oh, shit, for I sure actually it does. understand that way better. Now. Oh yeah, like for me, the modes were always elusive when right. it's like, and not necessarily the application, but the understanding of what they were. Right. But again, like when I was taught them, I was taught in a way that didn't work for me initially. Sure. It was like you know, play a G major scale, but start on the fourth note and play it from the fourth note to the fourth note, and that's a C Lydian scale. Right. Well, that that's hard for me because it's like, well, I want to play G major. Like what? Like what do you mean? Yeah. But if I think of it as like, oh no, play C major with a sharpened fourth. It's like. 
like that that is very easy that's the method that works for me so when i started teaching it that way it was like ah all the puzzle pieces just kind of all of a sudden it was never it's not hard anymore it's just like oh it's this with this subtle modification yeah yeah that kind of and that works for me but like my old teacher like it was the other way worked for him sure so it was like hey that that works but not for me yeah (laughs) yeah when for that kind of stuff eventually the thing that really surprisingly unlocked it for me was doing it on piano Right. Yeah. Because it's a straight fucking line as opposed to the guitar or anything on a fretboard, which is way more. I liken it more to a spider web. Yep. Because it is cyclical. But then, you know, all these notes line up. You know, the fifth fret here is this string open, which means that the sixth fret is the first and the seventh and second and so on until like if you're on a guitar that changes because. G to B is a third now, and yep. we're no longer and we're gonna perfect fourths. Yeah, <laughs> that fun argument. <laughs> which that really fucked me up at first because for I sure. came from bass, where it's just you stop at G, right? Yep. Well, on a four string, which yep. for a long time that was all I could. That's all I ever knew for right. so long, and then I was like, "What the fuck? What do you mean five oh, string, <laughs> six string bass?" <laughs> heathen <laughs> yeah. you know ah, i don't know what you mean <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's the same like i don't ever really venture into like the seven or eight string worlds because it's right. like i'm a six string guy that's yeah. my thing it's yeah. I, and if i want those to like that low i'm going to detune my six yeah right like i'll yeah. be the slipknots of the world yeah. <laughs> i'll just detune to a and right? play it that way and why not instead. because yeah because now everything's gonna it'll still line up or it'll shift a little bit but it's yep at least physically really familiar exactly so but the piano that. for sure is a much better instrument i always tell my students it's like it's linear so it's like yeah. you know up is always to the right down is always to the left yeah guitar is linear and lateral yeah. so it's it, you know down is to the left like or down the neck but it can also yeah. just be lower on the string right. <laughs> so it's like it's very easy to mind fuck people on that one <laughs> right it's so funny like i was um and now even with any of my students that have a fretboard i'm always right. like let's go over to the piano yep let's look at this now let's bring it back over here yep anytime so, we have those theoretical yeah. talks it's like everybody turn and let's talk about the, yeah. all the white keys yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah for exactly sure. yeah and that really did like when i saw that i was like c to c d to d i was like oh shit that's dorian oh shit yep. phrygian lydian mix Lydian. and then i was like oh oh my god this isn't scary or magic yeah it's it's simple math. Yeah. And that's shit. Yeah. I know how to count to seven. Yeah. And for me, it was like, it's just those subtle interval shifts, right? Like yeah. knowing that it's like, oh yeah, by having a minor second instead of the major second, now it's this scale, like right. those kind of things. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, but again, like, it's just the way my brain processes it. Yeah. But sure. I was very resistant to all the theory and stuff at the beginning. I was like, I don't give a fuck about these things. Yeah. I don't care. It's just a waste of my time. Teach me another Metallica song. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was so in that boat. Just, uh, rep- place metallica with tool yeah and that was that that was the boat i was in yeah so it was like but which is kind of silly because i mean especially for well for either of those tunes really for the leads probably a good idea to know the notes yep. you're playing well eventually then, it got to that point where it was like okay right. i can play all the stuff i want to play but i have no idea what i'm, what doing. I'm doing yeah and for me the it showed when i went to a jam that i should have been fairly dominant at and kind of got owned and it was like mm. what the, what the hell happened here and it was like yeah. well my understanding is not in line with my playing so it's right. like yeah some guy was like you should know how to play a one four five but i didn't know what that was it's like right. but i knew how to play it once we got going but yeah. it's that whole the gap between the understanding and the playing was yeah. so drastic that it was like well i can't live with this like yeah. this is a right. huge problem for me <laughs> yeah the exact same thing happened to me and it was devastating because it was a jam with the Webbers. Right. When I was like, 
17. Right. And <laughs> Ryan Weber's like yelling the intervals at, like <laughs> screaming them yeah. at me because I was not doing a good job. He's right. like, one, four, one. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Oh yeah, I don't know what one is. <laughs> like, like Fred one. <laughs> but it was funny because by the end of the tune, I knew what he was talking about. Yep. And well, trial by fire. Yeah. Is a long oh, way. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like here's the deep end of the pool, motherfucker. Let's find out. Put your water wings on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or or, yeah. And it was funny because by the end of the by the end of the song, luckily it was a really long blues jam. Right. And I was able to kind of tread water by the end of it. I yeah. was not walking. Right. By <laughs> any stretch of the imagination, it was all very root and every yep. once in a while root five but that was by accident yep. and then i was like oh that sounded good it was on the four and i went back right. to the one too early and i came back right. to the four and i was like oh i was like oh okay i see how that could kind of work yep and then by the end of the two notes root five in it but oh man that was so horrifying. Yep. <laughs> For me, it was like, it like uh, yeah, it got to the point where it was like, it would piss me off in a song like Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, right. where there's that really dis- awesome descending part in between the verse and the chorus. But yeah. it's like, once you realize what it is, it's like, oh, man, that's amazing. But it's like, but just playing it and never being able to apply it to anything was like, well, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? Right. And Chris was actually a big part of that because Chris has a very huge theoretical background from playing cello and all that when he was sure. like a little kid, right? So it was like, he knew all that because I remember he was the most irritating guy in the world at school because he would show up in at music class and the teacher would hand him the theory book. He would leave, bring it back the next day and be done. Yeah. And would just show up for to play and got 99%. <laughs> like, you bastard. But looking back on it, he knew all the theory yeah. they were trying to teach us. Yeah, yeah. I was just useless and resistant because I was a stupid teenager who yeah. knew all, everything. Like, right. I already know. Yeah. I can play Metallica. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> what, do I, what do I need to know this fucking C major scale for? Or, or yeah. I guess in high school, it would probably be more B flat major uh, a lot. Yeah. Cause, or B flat concert. Yeah. They don't even call it major. <laughs> but even knowing that, like, you're playing a pentatonic scale is, like, that's yeah. useful information. But it's yeah. like, no, I just care about what frets I'm playing. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. what notes these are. Yeah, totally. But yeah. huge waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of... Now, were you more of a tab player initially, like, uh, or were you an ear guy? No, I was more tab from the oh, beginning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think again, I think it goes back to the guy that taught me. He's more of a tab guy, so right. it's like he taught me using the method he knows, and it worked for sure. It, yeah, but eventually you got to the point where it's like, oh, there's no tab for this song, and I want to know how to play it, so I I'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll struggle my way through, and I'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, I didn't have access to tablature for a long time. It wasn't until I was quite a bit older and discovered like Guitar World and right. all that kind of shit. I was like, oh my god, this tells you what to do. Yeah. Oh no, this thing's telling me everything. <laughs> and so for the longest time, it was play the wrong note until you found the right one. Right. Which yep. um, I, I'm so envious of anybody with perfect pitch, but it trained the shit out of my relative, right. which was nice. Yep. Because um, that's kind of how I faked my way through high school music. Right. Is for the playing tests, I would always sign up behind the kid with the highest mark. <laughs> right. And I would listen to them play, and I would yep. try to replicate what i heard and i would usually get like a 60 percent because you obviously you're gonna fuck up all kinds yeah. of stuff in the time between listening and trying to remember and then going in to play it right um but i would usually i would usually recall enough of what i heard to get like a 
60 percent well so it's better than failing yeah right <laughs> which i'm pretty sure they just sympathetically were like you can pass because we forced you to play the saxophone and you hate your life so yeah. <laughs> i was allowed to play bass guitar nice. which uh which was i mean it was kind of sweet but at the same time i feel like i wasted a lot of opportunities with being so resistant to learning how to read and all that kind of stuff right now i did not get along with my high school music teacher and Hmm. you know what i mean i do it's and just... i felt the same because it's like i should have played saxophone because it would have came yeah. like i would have been good at it like and right. i would have been great at it by now because it's yeah. like, i would have been 20 years deep right yeah. but it's like there's that like arrogant teenager of like what do you play with saxophone classical garbage i don't give a shit about any of this it's yeah. like it has no place in my heavy metal world right right and it was like and i was just angry that i didn't get to play bass but that's because bass would have been easy and it's yeah. like i there you know 36-year-old Ben wants to go punch 15-year-old Ben right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> listen up, motherfucker. Yeah, listen, you jackass. Yeah. <laughs> you will be very unhappy with these decisions later. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what do you, what do? You, do? Uh, you try to it, teach the next generation yeah. of 15-year-olds not to be those guys. Yeah, it's like, don't, don't be arrogant. Well, and it's like, don't ever turn down the opportunity to learn a second instrument. Because right. it's like, the guys that I know that work the most are like you, who are proficient on multiple instruments because mm. it's, you can fill a void that is great. Yeah. Whereas like, unless you're looking for a guitar player, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do really? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I attribute some of that to undiagnosed ADD. And, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the other part of it to necessity, because for the longest time, um, Devin did all the guitar work. Right. And then he moved away and I was like, fuck, I don't have a guitar player. Yep. I got to learn how to play fucking guitar now. And like, not just, strumming campfire chords yeah, yeah, like which I, I play like, yeah which i could do at at the time like i could campfire and stuff but i'd never i i didn't play a guitar solo until i was like 25 right yeah and like i'm still not what i would consider a real lead player right right i mean yep. i can do it if yep. i have a lot of prep time yeah but and it's not comfortable, probably. Not overly. And and it's like, I mean, now, to replicate a solo, yeah, that's not yep. that, that's not as difficult as to write one. Whereas, right. if I'm forced to write a guitar solo, the first, like, five drafts sound like a fucking bass line. And <laughs> right, it's like, yep. God damn it, that's not <laughs> what I'm trying to do. You know, it's like, ah, oh, I understand that I'm trying to outline this chord, yep. and I want to play the changes and all that kind of stuff. But I, I fight to make it not sound like a walking line. Right. Which is, um, I think it's kind of good, though, that I have to be able to split my brain that way. Yeah. But um, at the same time, in the moment, it's frustrating. It's oh, for really sure. really frustrating. So. Well, and I do the same when I think of a bass part. Right. I play it like a guitar player. It's like there's yeah. far too much melody and far too much moving in this yeah. part to be the rhythm guy. It's right. like stop playing like you're the like the lead guy. Right. Start playing like you're the rhythm track. It's yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Just stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's 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 kind of neat though because um, at least my favorite bass players are usually guys like John Paul Jones or right. Geddy Lee or anybody that plays not the same line twice. Yep. Um. Which sometimes pisses people off when they hire you and they're like, roots, yeah. dude, Depending straight eights on, on the root. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit, I'm sorry, man. Okay, hang on. Let me, yeah, yeah, okay. I can rewrite my brain. To, I can to totally do that. Do that. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, though. Um, although I find when I'm writing, though, I will usually, especially if I'm writing guitar part first or bass line first, whatever is the 
just whatever comes out on first is if one of them is busier than the other, I just right. simplify the other line. Yep. And then it's, and it's kind of cool because then you have that contrast, right? Right. So sure. I don't know. Well, and you find that with a lot of those bands, right? Yeah. Like one to player, typically, if they're going to step up that much, it's like the other right. guy finds like, I'm going to be the pocket or I'm yeah. going to be the groove guy because you're doing all that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, in STP, um, yep. um, what's a good example of it? I'm embarrassed because I'm drawing a blank on the name. Uh, interstate, interstate. Thank yeah. you, Jesus Christ! I saw him play live, right? And I couldn't even think of the fucking title. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that—that's a pretty busy baseline. Yep, right? for sure it is. So the guitar just kind of well, it's just know. chording, right? Yeah. It's like he's got a cool melody that he's dragging through his chords because yeah. yeah, he yeah. loves jazz chords and stuff. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's very simple as far like beyond the the overwhelming chord structure it's just yeah. like here's my part i'm gonna do this rhythm on it then i'm gonna change to the next chord do that part whereas the yeah. bass line is very busy yeah yeah <laughs> it's very is a... very involved yeah <laughs> both and both of those lines are a lot of fun to play though because yep. it's like I, I can play both of them and i thoroughly enjoy both yeah because it's just great. it's a fucking hoot yep but um yeah talking probably too much about other people's music um <laughs> <laughs> shit um so I've only heard some of your writing like really recently. Right. Yeah. Um, have you been writing for a long time? Off and on, but not really like with any bands or whatever. It's like, I've right. probably forgotten more riffs than I like that I've, you know, kept, sure. but it's always been the weird, like, it's always been the same kind of stuff. Like I'm a weird guy who likes to write weird things, yep. but I always like loved like Pink Floyd and that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. So it's like, yeah. I grew up with lots of weird proggy, like mm -hmm. bands that weren't afraid of weird time signatures, yeah. eight minute songs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I love tunes, like the thing that should not be by Metallica, Fuck like yes. all that kind of stuff. So like weirder stuff's always drawn me in for yeah. sure. Nice. And it's, yeah, I love like, uh, yeah, it's always been that kind of stuff, but never really wrote too much with a band for whatever reason. Like did right. lots of gigging, did lots of covers, that kind of thing, but probably just never found the right group of guys to right. actually write music for. And now it's just like, I don't care. I'm just going to write whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and why not? Especially in the digital age too, yep. right? When you could potentially do almost everything yourself. Yep. And then, or at the very least demo everything yourself and right. then just bring in people and go, play this yep and it, yeah and i remember having like a four track back in the day and it was a lot more labor intensive and a lot less user friendly so yeah. it was there was a lot more frustration and i've never been a technical guy in that right. way that it's like no fuck it i'll just take i don't need the effects unit i'll just plug into the amp and yeah. sort it out that way yeah. so yeah it's i've never done a huge amount i did some recording like i did a couple tracks for a buddy for like a movie or like sure a project in high like in college or whatever and We've done some rough demos and stuff like that, but I can't find them anymore, so it's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the era before the internet. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, man. Old CDs <laughs> that are now just lost to yeah. time. I'm sure they're somewhere. I'm sure some weird random friend from high school has this <laughs> stupid album that's like, ah, yeah. that I hope never comes up. But <laughs> Right? Dude, I'll tell you, um, I actually have a VHS tape of the first gig I ever played. Right? It's atrocious. Yes. It's so bad. And it had been lost for years. And I had this really fond memory because for a first show, there were a lot of, there's probably like 80 people there. That's, and they're all our friends. Yeah, that's pretty huge. For they all came, one, yeah, they all came from school to watch right. us. And every song was just like a bananas reaction from them. Right. Just, wow! Because yep, we it. were the only people they knew that played, which is so funny because Monday 
were the freaks and at the time because it was the early 2000s long-haired faggot which part like a pardon the term anybody listening i do not mean it in uh like i would never use it in a derogatory way but that's what i was called for a long time (laughs) every day probably yeah every day which i mean that kind of tapered off after i got into it fight with somebody but well typically yeah <laughs> it straight it, that, yeah it kind of they're like oh motherfucker's crazy yeah. D- probably don't call him long-haired faggot anymore yeah probably not gonna work out yeah. for your health <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah like monday piece of shit people yep. hated me saturday night fucking Rock king on. of the world man yep. it was so cool come back monday mm, less of a tool yeah but, but still kind of a loser yep. you know it's like oh, okay so this is my life then. Yeah, I get well, it. Yeah. I get it. And I totally get it because like before I had the beard and the tattoos and stuff, it was the same. It was like yeah. half the time people like they'd love you while you're on stage and then yep. you go mingle with the crowd after and people don't even know who you are. And it's yeah. like you just literally like fawned all over me <laughs> four right. minutes ago while because I was up three <sighs> feet on a riser. Like yeah. how does that change things, right? But yeah, it's, it's always funny to watch that kind of stuff go yeah. down. It's kind of humbling in a weird way too yeah. where it's – you're idolized for the hour or whatever that you're playing for for that set <laughs> you walk off stage and people are like you just bumped into me yeah boom and you're like oh god i got sucker yeah. punched so yeah. yeah it's a it's a weird thing to kind of go from like accolades for a very brief moment of time to being a piece of shit yeah. like almost instantly especially oh, yeah. If you're getting fucked around by a club owner or something after the show where you're which like, happens it does a lot. <laughs> yeah. More than it should. More yep. than it should. Which Absolutely. is, which is unfortunate. Um, but for the, uh, for the tech thing you said, sometimes you like for a long time, you just go straight into the amp. Yeah. Now, was that due to maybe fear's not the right word, but lack of wanting to invest the time into learning yep. how to use the tech? Yeah, oh, for okay. sure it was. Yeah. It was like, I've always been more of like, just let me play guitar. I don't yeah. like, yeah, sure. I would love to have all those effects, but it's like, sure. it's a lot of work and I don't want right. to. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I came from probably a more belligerent school of thought, which was if you can't do it with your hands, then, yep. then you're a fraud. Yeah. And I've always thought the which, same. Cause it's like, I've never been like, I always liked Floyd for the fact that he could play an acoustic part and it was just as nice as when he right. puts all his effects on. Yes. But it's like, I've always been more of a straight ahead rock guy. So yeah. it is like guns and roses, all those things where it's like, you know, pretty much just here's my Les Paul plugged into a Marshall and that's going to carry me through the show. Right. And then every once in a while, I'll turn the wah pedal on and there's exactly. the wow fact. Yeah. Oh, would yeah. you hear that effect? Ah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some of it was like trepidation, but they were also like unfriendlier back in my day. Cause when I started, yeah. it was very much like huge amounts of menus. You'd get the, like the manual that was, you know, a dictionary Ugh. thick and it's all these weird algorithms. It's not like the user friendly that, you know, with the new ones where it's like, here's your two menus and everything yeah. is labeled in such a way that it makes sense and yeah, it's like because yeah, yeah. quite frankly when they're talking about breaking down an algorithm for a delay pedal it's like i don't know what any of that shit means but yeah. if you, you know tell me that this is the speed and this is the decay i get that yeah <laughs> but it's like i i don't know what these parameters are <laughs> right yeah some of that stuff like those early midi controllers i actually have one i'll show it to you when we're right. done doing this um i've got one in the in the closet and it's this huge pedal one and it's got two expression pedals built into it right and one of them is just a straight up volume pedal right but then the other one's an expression pedal for like was and like was and and also like the wetness of an effect and stuff like that yeah but it took 
And my my older brother, when he was 17, was programming flight computers for experimental aircraft. Right. So he's like a computer fucking genius. Yeah, and so yeah. is my little brother. Yeah. They're both like, I don't, I don't know why it skipped me. But I like I know how to use my recording software, and that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's this all, I got. <laughs> that's also all I spend my time with on on computers, really. Right. Um. So that's probably stands to reason. But it took my older brother like a week to fucking program this footboard. Right. Because it, it also um had a, a separate like a head. Yeah. It's it was a lexicon unit. Right. And oh my god, like I. At that up till that point, I'd never seen Devin really lose his shit on technology before. Right, yeah. But yeah. like when he was like, "Fuck it, fuck <laughs> it, I'm done with this bullshit. I'm gonna smoke a ball." Yeah, ah! yeah. He's like, "Oh my god." Well, see, and the funniest thing for me is like my first foray into that kind of world was it was a rack mount unit, and it uh, got sold yeah. to me by a guy named Tom at work. Like, do you know Tom Hughes at all? I- Think so. He used to work at Bud's. Like dark he was haired guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And he basically programmed it all for me. And I was right. so worthless that he programmed a bunch of titles in as insults. Right. So it's <laughs> like you know you'd want to play Channel Two because it was awesome, but it'd be like it'd be something ridiculous. Like I can't even remember what the names were. But it's like I was so useless I couldn't even figure out how to change a channel. So it'd be like yeah, fuck it, whatever. It's like good insult, Tom. I hate you. Yeah. Like <laughs> channel time, One right? is Ben's a dick or something. <laughs> yeah, like something <laughs> hilarious. And it was like you bastard. But oh, it was. Fuck. It was great in in a way, but again, like super deep menus and never yeah. got into it and kind of just let it go by the wayside and then bought a JCM 800, which had five knobs and was like, there you love go. this. Yeah. <laughs> and it would work for years, yeah. right? Gain, volume, bass, treble, yeah. mid. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Cool. And it worked great. And it's yeah. like, and it taught me a lot because there's there was never any hiding behind effects, right? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like I have good technique and I'm strong that way because right. I never yeah. got into hiding behind anything. It was yeah. like, no, if you fuck it up, you fucked it up. And yeah. it was like, that nice miss pick, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, Ooh, so, a little sloppy there, sir. A little yeah. sloppy. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny too, something that I, uh, along the same lines, I would practice almost exclusively on acoustics right. for a long time yep. for a couple of reasons one it's you can't hide behind any effects the nope. same way you can if you're just plugging in dry basically and then the other thing is it's kind of harder to play yep for sure so when i would switch over to an electric it was almost like training with wrist and ankle weights for a marathon yep. and then you take them off and you're like yeah. i can play for days <laughs> yeah. i'm light as a feather yeah but yeah it was uh and the same like i spent huge amounts of my time playing at night Right. Like right. when I was a teenager and stuff. So it was all unplugged. So it was like, if you yep. wanted to be consistent, it was like, you better be consistent because yeah. the amp's not going to hide anything. It's, yep. You can barely hear what you're doing anyway. So it's like, you start picking lame or whatever. It's like, it's going to be noticed. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was a huge. Big, bad way. Yep. That's really cool, man. That's... Well, and no headphones, right? Like back yes, in the day, it was like, my right. amp's either screaming loud or turned off. Turned off yeah. Parents don't care for that shit at two in the morning. <laughs> no, no, they don't. I remember when I was first learning how to play slap and pop unplugged. Yeah, parents came down from the uh, from upstairs. I was in the basement. Right, folks are upstairs. Come downstairs. It's dad. He's like, it's two o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, put you're, that You're down. practicing now. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Something about a musical brain. It's always at night. I know, right? So it's got to be. It's weird. It's like it's hardwired into us. I know. Like shit. Even I'll be. Fa- I was talking about this um on the last episode. I sometimes I'll wake up out of a dead sleep with either a lyric or a riff idea. Right. I'd be like, fuck, now I got to go record it or write it down. Otherwise yep. it's going to be gone. Yep. So like either 
I, I keep a uh, pad of paper and a pen next to the bed, but right. if I want to record it, if I want to record yep. a riff, I got to come down to the studio and yep. lay something down. Now I can, because it's all digital now, I can do it through headphones so I won't yeah. bug Amber. And that's a huge part too. Oh, it's so nice. Because I'm sure I've lost many riffs for that. Right. Like you can we play it in the middle of the night and it's like, okay, I'll remember it. Because like there was, weren't even cell phones. Yeah. Like I remember the day, like oh, I yeah. remember when cell phones and like personal computers were introduced. Like that's right. my age, right? So it's like, it was just gone. <laughs> it was like, hopefully you remember it or you don't. And most yeah. times you don't. Yeah. And it's, now it's gone. <laughs> yep. Unless you play it like a million times yeah. when it first hits you. And that's the only way you could keep yep. that shit in your head. Well, and I always fucked up because it was like, I would always come up with the coolest rhythm parts. And then right. it's like, I would play it and then I would forget, forget subtle parts about the rhythm. Yeah. And then it's like, now it's never there again. Right. Yeah. You can remember all the notes you were doing, yep. but your groove is totally fucked. And you're like, yeah. no, no. And that's the that part, was the right? only thing that was cool about it, really. Yeah. The note choices were so stark. <laughs> yeah. But the rhythm was tits. Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah. Forever. Whereas now in the era of like cell phones, it's like, oh, two seconds. Yeah. At least here's my rough scratch track, right? Exactly. It's like, even if it sounds like shit, it's like, yeah. here it is at least. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, gone. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is actually by the filmmaker Robert Rodriguez. Do you know him? He yep. did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That makes sense. Of course. <laughs> um, but uh, he, was, he would talk about creating at the speed of thought. Right. And I always thought that was such a fucking cool line. And it's yep. so true with all the shit we got now. Like yep. like you were just saying, the, the, the scratch track on the cell phone or yep. coming down to the studio in the middle of the night Any and plugging in and you're just like, immediately done. all right, I'll see you in the morning, you know? Yep. And you come and back to it and there it is waiting for you. Yeah, but that's huge. And it's it's <sighs> funny. It's like there's a part of me that loves that, but there's also the like the leftover rage of like, son <laughs> of a bitch. There's so much cool shit that got lost to nothing right. for no reason, right? Yeah. But other than, you know, technology wasn't there back then yeah also does it kind of bug you a little bit that now people can just go on youtube and learn how to play a song when for us it was back in the day it was either if you did if you missed that issue of guitar world or if you it was on the radio or you didn't have the cd or if you didn't own the cd you weren't learning that song because you didn't own that record yep but there's also like it's super (laughs) frustrating it's cool in a way because it allows me to do those things as well absolutely I also feel like they're missing out on the struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you probably relate to it is like there's they never have to work for it anymore. So there was not something to the to same be said extent. For, I would say they still they still have to they work. Do. Yeah, yeah. But they have to do the physical side of it. Good. Yeah. But the actual like work of like going to your buddy's house and listening to a CD over and over because he yep. had it, or yep. you know, working your paper route to buy Master of Puppets so you could learn the damn songs. Yeah. It was like and then having to struggle your way through it was like there's like there's something about that, you know yeah. what I mean, that I feel is kind of missing totally. in our society. Totally. It's that quick fix of like nobody wants to work on songs for more than a couple weeks, right? Because yep. it's like, well, I just want I'm bored. Yeah, it's like, well, I remember working on Master of Puppets for like a fucking year. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Especially to get that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like... You're like shit. Roll it back. Yeah, for sure and, it was. Man, I'll tell you. Um, I learned Black Dog, um, by ear off of vinyl because we didn't right. have it on cassette. Yeah. It was the only version we had. Was, I wore was the out, record. Uh, I wore out parts of the Use Your Illusion 2 album on cassette. <laughs> on there cassette, was parts yeah. where it would yeah. be <laughs> because I had listened to it so many times. Right? And it was always the solos that I loved. Yep. Like the one was the uh the first solo in Estranged. Yeah. Where it's over the C major, like that happy one. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, that yeah. part of that song just because it's my favorite part. <laughs> I was like my old Smashing Pumpkins tape, uh Zero was right. all fucked. Yeah. So it was like like banana poop 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 and it's like shit. 
All right, gotta go get Apparently another copy. I guess. Copy too. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then old movies, Stephen. Like, yep. man, I went through. I think three VHS copies of Spaceballs. Right. Two of the um, of the uh, Disney Robin Hood. You know, yep. the anthropomorphic. Yeah. Uh, I went animals. through two of uh, Ace Ventura. Oh the yeah, had to type right? like the original. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things to do with that, you know, when he's um he's at the party and he's looking for Snowflake, yep. and he go and he jumps out the window and walks along the edge for yep. the uh, and and eventually finds the Shark Tank. I would watch that in rewind, right? Let it play and then reverse it to see him like jump backwards into yeah. the window. <laughs> that to me was the funniest. Like, oh yeah. The the uh the nineties for a twelve year old. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's like I re- I rem- I remember telling somebody one of my students that it was like you would have to wait a full year for yeah. a movie to exit the theater to come out on VHS. Yeah. And it was like they couldn't even fathom yeah. that kind of idea. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you just stream it lot online? Like there was well, there was no, no online. There, there. <laughs> Do you know what internet was when I was a kid? You had to punch your phone number. Or your friend's phone number into your computer, and your computer would call his house. But if someone on the other end picked up the phone and interrupted the connection, yeah, you and you couldn't have your doom death match. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's I remember like and that's where when I was like was. thirteen. Yeah, I remember yeah. there was no internet. My dad, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. he got a car phone and it like blew my mind apart. Right. Like, and it was like one of the huge monsters that's mounted to the car. Right? I remember like, being blown away by a touchtone phone. Yeah. Because like before rotary, everything was rotary yeah. and you're like, that guy's got a, this is, I'm stealing a bit here. It's Louis C.K. But it's like, that guy's got a zero in his phone number. Fuck him. I don't yeah, want to no, talk I'm to him that bad. Nah, I'll see him at school. Yeah. Not calling that guy. Oh Fuck yeah, it was guy. crazy. And like going out until dark and like literally being gone all day long yeah and nobody knowing where you were because there was no contact yeah it was like i think ben's at brian's house yeah or if you were hanging out down <laughs> like uh for us like um when i lived in bc we were in this tiny tiny little town called Ladysmith. so downtown for us was it was the shopping mall right so which was walking distance <laughs> yeah so we'd get down there it was like oh it's starting to get dark gotta let mom and dad know where i am Pick up, hit the collect call. Troy and I are over at Casey's. Can you call his parents? Thanks, bye. Yeah. And then it's like, do you accept the charges? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you have a call from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember doing the same yep. thing so yep. many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, it was like. It's oh, funny because they're, yeah, and again, it's just the generational gap, oh, right? Totally. But like watching some of the parents nowadays coddle the kids like so severely, it's like. Like, wow. Your kid would have died in my generation. Like, like, (laughs) your behavior doesn't really work for me. What can we do to rectify this? It's like, um, what the fuck? My, my parents would have just been like, (laughs) one quick one in the back of the head because we're in public. Of course. And then, wait till we get home. Yeah. And then it's like, no. I don't don't ever want to go home again. Or like, for mom, wait till your father gets home. Yeah, that was, that was a threat for me too. Because dad would, you know. Dad would, or you'd get, yeah, get you. Get a, <laughs> and it, it was funny too, because like we never really got the shit beat out of us, but you got a good swift smack on the ass, and you're like, I don't think, oh, dad or even ever, just screamed at. Yeah, it was like dad. It was always the threat of violence and the yeah. screaming, and it was yeah. like because I think he spanked me once, and that was all it fucking took. Oh, it was like never f- again. <laughs> you know, I got a few. I, yeah, I my brother, a- my brother got a few. He was he wasn't so <laughs> quick me, on the uptake. Yeah, it took me a little longer to be like. If I don't do bad things, I won't get hurt. Yeah, um, I was. I've always been good about learning things quick that way. Yeah, no, I, t- I took a couple of, couple of serious spankings, and then I was like, oh, 
I understand. Cause and effect. Oh, yeah. I get teaches it. Teaches you something. Yeah, yeah. But for there sure. is something to be said for that, right? Because it's right? like nowadays, how many kids do you know are like, you can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah, and then they just look at you like, what? And you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna slap you and take the assault charge. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> how sweet would that be? Well, there's right? time in a way you want to think about way, it. Right? Yeah, like there's like there's that part of you where like a little part of your brain just drifts off into this fantasy world where you're choking the kid out with a patch cord yeah you know it happens only the really belligerent ones though like but sometimes yeah so it could be nice (laughs) i mean eventually they'll get theirs right they'll run across some kid who's a year older who won't stand for it and will choke them out with the patch cable (laughs) yeah or they'll talk shit in the bar one night and get the fuck beat out of them yep and it's like well you earned it yeah. So it's too bad that they have to learn that late in life, though, that they get the shit kicked out of them in a bar yeah. fight. But it happens. But, yeah, yeah. It happened to him when I was never, in school. There was a guy from Toronto who was like a big rugby guy and went downtown uh, and met some Crestwood boys and oh. had a bad ending to his night. Uh, ran <laughs> his mouth a little too hard, did Oh, yeah. Well, he mm. was the big guy in the bar until you mm. run into the farm boys who are local. <laughs> right. They might not be as tall as you, but they got farm strength. Yeah. And, there's, and he learned. <laughs> there's a different kind of strong when you fucking bale hay. Yeah. All day. <laughs> all day long. <laughs> yeah. After you went to school, after you did your football well, practice. There, there was a reason that Crestwood won everything yeah. <laughs> when it came to the world yeah. of sports. <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus Christ. Actually, something was kind of cool, too. They they sort of win in the arts in, in a way, too, because fucking uh, Jag and Christian Tana. Yep. Right? Yep, for sure. I'm Mother Earth for anybody that doesn't yep. know what we're talking about. The local connection. <laughs> yeah. Did you see them when they came to the venue? Not too long ago? No, I haven't seen them in a while, but I saw them like three times when they first showed back oh, up, okay, like yeah. uh, like out of retirement kind of. I remember I got like to see them, like I watched them here and saw them open for Slash and then saw them somewhere oh, else. Wow. And it was like all in that summer because I also saw Monster Truck like four times right. that same summer. It was Man, yeah. that Brown EP was so fucking good. It was awesome. Even the first full length was pretty good, Yep, but that Brown EP was the It was best. killer. Oh. Yeah. Seven Seas Blues hit me like a ton of bricks, yeah, man. I was, I was just like, like righteous smoke. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's another Black Sabbath. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. They were oh, so yeah. good. Oh, man. They... Oh, they're still great. Oh, yeah. They're still first... awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just, I albums. prefer their earlier sound. Yeah. Now, they're a little bit, for me, a little overproduced. Well, yeah, because like that first album had that super raw done in like the basement kind yeah, of quality yeah, to it, which like totally. really loans itself to that sound. Yeah. Like, and especially that kind of like you know not biker rock but like kind of that yeah, like, i know what you're talking about yeah, though that, like whatever that quality is yeah. <laughs> of that, that kind of monster sound. truck quality yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean they've got the greatest slogan in the world right yeah. Yeah. fuck don't fuck with the truck yeah man and so when cool. slash wears your band shirt you're right you're, you're, you're in rocking. yeah <laughs> man I never have seen Slash play live. That no. would be fun. He's great. He's he is spot on. Like he is yeah. just as good live as that doesn't any surprise recording. me. Like I've seen DVDs of it, but I've never yep. been in the audience. And there's such yeah. a different energy. He's great right, when you go to a live show. Yeah. Although something I'm super pumped for, um, if everything goes according to plan, I am going to go see Clutch at the end of the month. Nice. And dude, I'm sure I've talked at great length about them before, but I fucking yeah. love that band. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love that dude. band so much. I'm I'm on a a bit of a collection spree. I'm hunting down all of their records. Right. I have to, I'm so bummed out though. I just got, um, the deluxe version of from Bale street to oblivion. Right. I opened it up out of the cellophane, put it in brand new, put it in CD player, skipping. Oh, son of a and I was just like, <laughs> oh. like I wasn't even angry. I was just like crushed. <laughs> I was so sad. And I Depressed. had to call up HMV and I'm like, look guys, I got it. Like, I know it's open. 
Yeah. But I put it in the CD player and it's it started skipping almost immediately. And the, and the guy's like, oh, and I'm like, look, dude, I'm not. And I even told him on the yeah. phone. I said the same thing. I was like, I'm not pissed off. I'm, I'm just, just sad. so sad. Yeah. I'm so sad right now. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I'll order it for you. It was the deluxe package. I was like, yeah, it was the deluxe edition yeah. with all the, the live, yeah, with all the live BBC sessions and shit on yeah. it. And I was like, oh, and live in Amsterdam and shit. And right. I was like, I want those cuts. Yeah. Oh, it hurt me. Yeah, but, see, I'm I'm also sad about a band that I just showed up way too late to the party. It's like Porcupine Tree. Uh, I didn't right? know about them at all until like the, now they've been broken up for all this time. Oh, and no. it's like, and they're never getting back together. It's like, oh, uh, blast. Right? <laughs> That's the worst day where we're like, when you when you get into an artist and you find out they've been dead for like 30 years, which yeah. I think I told you about that the other yeah. week when I was like 16 and just, just starting to find Jim Croce. Yeah. I was like, Loving oh my it. God, this is amazing. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, the trail kind of ends right around this. Yeah. Really it, suddenly. Yeah, right like here. it just kind of <laughs> drops off the map. Mom, what happened? Oh, honey, he's been dead for like 35 yeah. years. What? It's like, no! Yeah. This can't uh, be right. Well, it's the bummer. same with Uriah Heap, right? It's right? like, because my dad, I like, I ended up loving those, like, I can't remember if it's the first one or two albums. And it was like, and then he told me that the singer was dead. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> So, same thing happening with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I didn't know he right. was dead until same sort of thing. It was like, I just can't find any more of his records. What what happened? That'd be the reason. <laughs> like he's dead. Fuck. Yep. You know it's oh, it's such a bummer. And then you know, good luck getting Bon Jovi onto a helicopter. Well, that yeah. was cold blooded. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, there's lots of them we could send up. Yeah. They they they'll never die. Right. You know what? 2016's actually... claimed all kinds of people, but know, not the right, right people. <laughs> I know. God damn. David Bowie's gone. Alan Rickman's gone. Yep. Lemmy Kilmeister's gone. Fucking Glenn. Who was that? Alan Lake? Is that from Emerson Lake and Palmer? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, Glenn, uh, is it Fry? Glenn yep. Fry? Is that how you pronounce yep. it? Yep. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. From the Eagles, he's gone. Yep. Man. Yeah. 2016 was a bad year. Yeah. What a <laughs> the world of shitty. But it's going to get worse for guys like us, right? Because it's yeah. like all, all of our, our idols are. Oh, yeah, fucking. They're right there. Um, um, Scott Wyland. Yep. As yeah, well with the OD. Yep. I, I'm well, I don't know if he OD'd or not. They never really I don't know released... if they ever said, but I, I shouldn't assume. have, yeah, I shouldn't have, uh, made that assumption. But I'm That's... sure it was related to that in some way. Yeah. In another. some way. It could have <laughs> right, like... just been life catching up to him after yep. all the hard living. But, but yeah, still, no, it was bad years. Tragic. tragic. But it's going to keep man. going bad I know. for us. Like, Such it's a unfortunate, bummer. but. All these cats. You know what was almost as tragic as them dying was fucking Lou Talica. Did you listen to that? No. <laughs> I managed you, you know to. what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. I, well, I had to know. Because right. I don't, I like, <laughs> I don't like Lou Reed anyway. Yeah. And, and I, well, I mean, I don't like his music. I've never yeah. met the man, so I no, have yeah, no idea. No, yeah, I'm the same. I'm not a real fan of. But uh, I just... I mean, except for that one tune, um, "Take a Walk on the Wild Side," yep. and even that, it's all just—it's just talking. Except yep. for the do do do, right? Which is—I mean—that's—it's kind of great. The yep. setup for it is great, yep. but um, well, it's catchy and it has its moments. But like yeah. the guy has a Good huge baseline. career, and well, it's yeah. like, and I don't like barely any of it. So it's right. The overwhelming majority yeah. is I don't care for. He came most from of stuff. originally Vel- was it Velvet Underground? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't care for that either. No. But, <laughs> but again, like, I'm not into that. I've never been that kind of music no, in myself. Neither. So it's, me I was neither. surprised that yeah. I didn't care for it much. Yeah. I, but I had to check out Lutalica because, like, I was such a Metallica kid. Yeah. For such a long time. Oh, right too. up until, like, about halfway through Load. 
Yep. And then I was like, Ooh, see, I okay. I approach load with the idea of it's like it's just a new band. Like yeah. I didn't go into it with any like preconceived notion, so I didn't mind it. But it was yeah. like I didn't care for reload at all. No, and then everything else was just kind of like, man. Eh. And then everything <laughs> after that, I mean, there was like. A part of me really wanted to like Death Magnetic. Yep, me too. And there were some and parts was, that I did chunks, like. Chunks, yeah. Like, there, there were chunks that were cool. And things that I enjoyed. Like yeah. I like that broken, beaten, scarred song. Like I like that mm. too. And I thought it was neat. It was yeah. cool. But like, there was a part of it where it was almost trying too hard to go back to old Metallica. Yeah, it's, it's like, like I want new Metallica, but not like the hard left turn into like load area. Yeah, or right? like seeing <laughs> anger. Yeah, that was that, uh, was that was that was rehab. Yeah. <laughs> It was well, and at that point in time too, bands sort of like Tool in a Perfect Circle were doing pretty well. Yeah, and I think I I could be way off base, but I have a feeling they were trying to capture yep some of that market, and it was just like guys, just do you. Yeah, like well, yeah, and it's like you are who you are. You're yeah. not like, and you've never been like a moment band, right? It's always right. like this is what my band sounds like. Right, and, like they were never supposed to be huge, and they yeah. and it made sense, like because they never catered to anybody, right? Yeah. Like, and then they tried to, and then it just was like, kind of goes down. But it's, it's hard to, like, yeah, I always want to judge, but it's I'm sure it's hard when you're like that corporation all of a sudden instead yeah. of just the band, right? Because yeah. now we're the corporation of Metallica. Like, yeah, what do you absolutely. do with and that? All those people that work for them that are relying on them to yep. generate you know uh capital and all that kind of stuff yeah that's got to be a weird place to be in like well I... all of a sudden you're a businessman you're not yeah. a musician anymore like yeah. or not just a, yeah. a guy playing in a rock band now it's i'm yeah. running the business yeah. in some <laughs> ways i really like just being in a rock band <laughs> it's me too man it's it's, it's kind of sweet like well even taking the leadership role in like Vern's comb to a yeah. point right like having to collect the money having to yeah. make sure all the guys are available it's like fuck why can't i just go back to being the guitar player who shows up with his stuff and like right yeah i, I know the songs awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so funny too because a part of me does miss being a hired gun but at the yep. same time uh and i well i shouldn't say i miss it because i still do it every once in a while right just not nearly to the extent that i used to but a part of me would always grow kind of embittered by it because i'm like man i write so much and i write all the time yeah uh not all of it's good obviously but like well we can't all be amazing all the time <laughs> yeah well it would be sweet if i was amazing even some of the time <laughs> Instead of just good enough. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, I'll tell you, man, like, in the last probably just five years, I've probably written about, now, of the stuff that's actually lasted, right? maybe, like, 30 or 40 songs. Right. But in total, in the last, like, five, yeah, about five years since I've been out of school, uh, I've written probably over 100 songs. Right. And, I mean, a lot of it's shit. Well, yeah, but, but like, or at least it doesn't hit my benchmark. Yep. But but it's all honing your craft, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. all you got to write shitty. I always tell students like you got to write a thousand bad solos before you'll ever write a good one. Oh yeah, totally. Right? Like, totally. It's, you got the same way you got to play a a handful of bad shows before you play a good one. Fuck yeah, right? Probably more than a handful. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was frankly. trying to, I was trying to be optimistic and generous in yeah. case there's any aspiring musicians that happen to stumble upon to this podcast. Well, they just got to grow up with a sense of reality. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't sugarcoat that shit, anything. Right? Yeah, it's like no, it's going to be rough for a little while. Life is not <laughs> like American Idol. <laughs> oh man. That shit frustrates me so what? bad. And it's and I honestly uh, hopefully this isn't too controversial to say, but I find it to no surprise that the majority of those people disappear as quickly as they explode because yeah, that's, they've, they haven't been in the trenches. 
They have yeah. no idea what the like. And the unfortunate part is, I think it teaches a whole generation of people that that's how you become. A, like a professional musician for yeah. a living like i go i practice hard i go on american idol i get told i suck or i'm not good enough and then maybe i make it it's yeah. like well no like the real the all the people you idolized went and played a million like a thousand shows in yeah. shitty clubs yep. and you know slugged around with their gear and got yeah. no money and got ripped off and lived yeah. that shitty life yeah. and that's what they all share right yeah. and that's why when they get there they they don't fuck it up so bad because they got there the yeah. hard way but yeah. all those flash in the pans it's like they all come and go just as quick because yeah. they they can't sustain it and yeah. they don't know how first well, off yeah it's, yeah because they've never had to really work for it nope it's just know? been here like, you go <laughs> yeah, fucking look at dave Grohl. Yeah. there's a cat that has longevity yeah like but even if you look at him it's like he had everything and had it all taken away yeah because like totally. he had nothing and i remember watching like the biography or whatever on how the foos came to be and he yeah, like and he, forth. he wrote it all and just showed up and was like hey guys you want to try to be a band and it's yeah. like i like the drummer from fucking nirvana but it was like he's a nobody after that band right. for a while but and totally worked his ass off because yeah. i remember when that those first tunes came out i was like this i don't care for this really and he was playing playing shitty little clubs yeah. and like going like, you know, think of the step backwards <laughs> that Huge he had taken, him. but yeah. worked his ass off yeah. and is, you know, rock on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It and I respect so him cool. all the more for oh, it. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, and like he turned down being Tom Petty's drummer to pursue the Foo Fighters. Like yeah. that's balls. Yep. Like that but is, that's what it, like he yeah, clearly loves takes. that. He, yeah. that's what he wanted to do. Yep. And that's, but and that's, that's so dedication. Cool, man. Like, that he was able to do that. That guy's, yeah. Well, he's one of the last true standing rock stars, in yeah. my opinion. Like yeah. he's not, he's not a pop star. He's one of the last true rock gods out yeah. there. Like him and Slash. Like there's only yeah. a handful of them left. Yeah, they're all. <laughs> it's it's too bad because a lot of them aren't dying off. It's it's yep. wild though that that uh, Mick and Keith are still kicking though. Yep. Well, of all the people. Yeah, <laughs> right? I, I like, know. Right? They make it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Ozzy for Ozzy's that matter. Still <laughs> kicking. Yep. Yeah. You know what though? Uh, is underground as they are like for the vast majority of people like cats like um the guys from mastodon or, yep. or devin townsend from strapping young lad yep. and every other fucking project he's involved with, yeah the which thousand is, the, the hundreds <laughs> like that guy's a workaholic he's yeah for insane. sure he is but I, all those kind of dudes like i'm like oh yes there is still a little bit of oh, oh yeah. but even it's those dudes there. are getting older too yeah. right which is weird they're all in their like 40s and 50s and yeah. shit and it's like God but damn. i don't know if you've seen it but i've definitely seen a swing with the youth these yeah. days it's like they're so fed up with this like pre-packaged bullshit music yeah. they like they want to play beatles songs yeah. like they're making that like that yeah. change again right yeah. so it's like i'm hopeful that it'll come back but yeah. you know it's well, we're gonna I, need it, the revolution together yeah well and that <laughs> happens every once in a while like kind of happened in the uh, uh well i guess at first in the after the the disco thing in yep. the 80s there was like this kind of weird new wave thing that was the new kind of counterculture yeah, and it then it became overmarketed yep. which kind of brought out the the punk and the grunge yep. scene well it was railing against that like i don't want your pre-packaged yeah. garbage anymore yeah. and, it's like and the i want something real was something and something revolting. with emotion in it and yeah. it's like and when you listen to those early grunge records it's like yeah pearl jam never has done it for me since 10 because eddie's rage has never been as palatable as right. it is on that album which like is i so can tell that, that he's starving and he's so angry because you know, can right? hear it in his voice 
voice. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, he's not that guy anymore. So how could you ever channel it? Yeah, but there's something about that, like oh, you know, like once, like on Ted, it's like that. That the way he says that, it's like, yep, yep. you sound angry. Yeah, it's like well, okay, <laughs> yep, just don't yeah. hit me. Well, there's as like, much hate and like anger and rage channeled into his voice in that as like the heaviest metal bands, and it's right? just that raw emotion of like here eddie sing whatever you feel yeah. <laughs> it's like there's right. something there but when you're a starving kid it's yeah, easy yeah. to pull that up right and you know and with a bit of baggage really which yeah. he really lays on the table in in 10 yeah for sure it's he does. so weird that their first record is almost their greatest hits it's, in a way like, to me it to is, me it like, is too. It, it for sure yeah. is and i think a lot of guys who lived through that era of like introduction the, yeah. like it's nothing will surpass 10 no. to me Same and it's here. like they have lots of great other stuff like yep. i love all kinds of stuff off like vitality uh, vitology and all that kind of stuff yeah. but it's yeah, absolutely but yeah there's something about that but it's a front to back package yeah. yeah of that whatever it is oh. <laughs> same with bad motor finger for me yep. for um for soundgarden yep like i love I love Super Unknown. It's a great record. Um, what was the the one that they put out not too long ago when they uh, did yeah, their reunion? Yeah, I, I, was I know like, which one, but I can't remember. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. Like it was cool to see the gang back together. Yeah, and you doing, know? The, doing the but it just Soundgarden stuff. But. Yeah, but just something about like Bad Motor Finger. Nothing is that fucking right on. You yeah. know, just so on point with everything it's... and again like some of that may have all come from like the tragedy surrounding it all right yeah, like the fact probably. that pearl jam and like half of them were all like poised to make it and then andy woods died right that's so it's right like, and uh, he was mother so, love bone yeah, yeah and yeah. it was like that was such an integral band to that scene that it like it shattered everything but yeah. kind of created that like catharsis or whatever that was needed to yeah. bring it out and you see it in all those albums because they all were friends with each other like yeah, jerry yeah. was that just was as really fucked cool up about thing. it as chris and yeah. the guys from pearl jam and all that shit right and yeah. then you get songs like well you got hunger strike and all that yeah, stuff yeah temple right? of the dog yeah because i remember hearing that the only reason eddie's on that is because he had nowhere else to be while they were rehearsing pearl jam and doing that at night and it yeah, was like yeah. he was just hanging around and they were like hey you want to sing the other part it's yeah like, sure yeah. and then we had a with hunger strike which is amazing <laughs> right and that's so cool too of chris cornell really to be like yeah man come on in yep sing with me well that whole sense and they of family had a, right yeah they had actually a really great friendship too yep. which was super cool and i'm sure you've seen all the same documentaries i have right uh where it's um it shows them touring together yep. and how uh, chris and eddie would actually come out on stage when the other guys are playing and they're yep. like wrestling with each other on yeah. stage yeah like, just being goofy teenagers yeah, just, being, and, yeah, yeah. just being dopey kids and hanging out with their friends and having fun yep and i really do hope we get a resurgence of that kind of stuff yep and for i sure. think i think it's it's got to come eventually it will for right? sure it'll just be different right because yeah. oh, like sure. yeah, technology yeah. has fucked things up severely but it also has allowed us to be creative in ways that never were possible right because yeah. it's like if i can get chris for example on board with like garage band and shit yeah just because he's in calgary doesn't mean anything yeah. right it's like sure we're you know a thousand miles apart but yeah. we can be at, like as much in a band now as when we were 10 years ago yeah, but totally but there is also this disconnect that's happening as well because yeah. there's so much of everything yeah. out there that it's yeah. e so yeah oversaturated that yeah. it's yeah here's the next song here's the next song here's yeah. the next song. it like, is a bit of a double-edged sword for yep. sure and it does 
or at least I think shorten people's attention spans, which is too bad. But just what you were saying about having Garage Band and getting Chris when he's out in yeah. Alberta doing that stuff, that's how I convinced Devin to move back to Ontario. Right. Because, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no. Playing okay. footsies with you. Uh, um, I was demoing stuff for uh, the New Speak EP. Right. And I was sending him tracks, and I'm like, dude, what do you think of this stuff? He's yeah. like, fuck it's good and i'm like yeah, yeah right you know it'd be even better <laughs> if, is if you were here yeah, in the room it. with me writing this with me yeah. how much cooler would that be and and he was he kept like kind of him and han him and han right and so <laughs> i jumped on a plane amber and i jumped on a plane we didn't even tell them we were coming just showed just up just showed up and i was like look motherfucker pack your shit <laughs> yeah and it was funny because we we uh we went camping on this beach called sombrio beach where you basically have to like climb down now i don't want to over exaggerate it i'll you do have to hike down a mountain but it's not right it's not cliffhanger shit yeah, you know, yeah you're just walking down a trail yep. uh but you do walk basically walk down the side of a mountain to this gorgeous huge expansive beach and we brought some acoustics and i brought all my harmonicas and shit right and we're sitting out on the beach getting drunk and stoned and yep. you know listen to the waves crash in and stuff and we're just having a blast and Everybody else is kind of doing their thing. And I'm like, come here, man. I got to talk to you. And yeah. I'm like, look, you know, and I gave him the whole spiel. I'm like, you got to, you know, do you, do you want to play music? Because cause he wasn't really doing anything at West. Right. Yep. I'm like, do you want to play music? Because, like, I remember there was a time when you were happy doing anything but. Yep. And, you know, that's how I remember you. And, and when we were just doing the campfire jam. Yep. I saw I was him like, I'm like, there's my brother. Yeah. That's the I guy saw him I again. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Sure. Yep. I was like, that's the guy I fucking know. And I was like, look, man. I was like, ever since I decided I was only going to do the shit I wanted to do, basically. Yeah. Like, because it wasn't too long before that that I quit my shitty retail job. And I was right. like, I'm just going to gig and teach. And that's yep. all. I'm only going to do music. Yep. You know, and that's it. I was like, I started making more money, which is really weird that yeah. I, I quit my quote unquote steady job. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah, yeah, you know exactly what <laughs> yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Quit idea. the steady job, made more money than I'd ever made, yeah. gigging all the time, and I was so much happier. I was a miserable prick yep. when I was working the shit retail job or when I was working construction or when yep. I was doing anything. Now, and that's nothing against anybody that does work retail or construction. If no, that's what if, you want to do, If it's not your passion, awesome. yeah. it's work, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's just fun. It, yeah, if it's a, if it's a grind... <laughs> then it's hard to live like that. So, yep. and I told him all this stuff. I'm like, look, man, I just, this is all I do now. And it's like, and I'm so fucking happy. Yeah. I was like, you should come and be happy with me. <laughs> yeah. I want everybody I'm, to be happy. <laughs> yeah. This yep. is, it'll be so good. Yep. I was like, do you remember how For we sure. used to do this? And we'd like go to all these different cities and we do all kinds of shit. We just fucking play rock and roll. Yep. How awesome would that be to do that again? But now we can like make records because we have access to it. We don't have to take that shitty tape deck that had the microphone built into it and duct tape it to the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were kids. Now we have. Now I have real recording technology. We yeah, can do I this can shit do for real. Yeah. And a couple months later, he jumped on a plane and he right. he, he lived with us for like uh, maybe two months. And they, you know, now yeah. he's doing well. He's engaged and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And he's got a house and he's doing doing nice. all right. But, uh, yeah, it, so I was like, fuck, yeah, come do this with me. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it was cool, and I just, uh, I don't know. Music and arts in general are just such a a great 
thing. Well, that... to me, it's like you are. It is who you are. It's not right. like it's not a job where it's like, oh, I I turn that off when I go home. It's yeah. like it's they, we all have that. It's like right. it is who we are. It's like we talked about with that parent. It's like yeah. I can't separate music from who I am. Yeah. Right. Like because even if you take all my instruments away and cut my arms off, it's like I'll still sing things. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm uncomfortable as a singer, but I'll still do it because yeah. it's like music matters, right? Yeah. It's like and I can't fathom a life without it. Right. And it's like, and I feel like anybody who's that person will be the same, right? Yeah. Like it's, I live and breathe this art. It's not separate from my entity. It's, yeah. It is who I am as yeah. a person. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because that just reminded me that um, I was explaining to a student how music was a language. And when we came out, you were standing in the hall. Right. And I don't even remember what song it was, but I just started like singing the guitar line and you yeah. sang it back. Yeah. And the kid was like, what the hell? You guys are crazy. And I'm like, no, yeah. we're talking to each other. This yeah. is, we're communicating. This is what it is. This is. Yeah. It's like, and eventually you'll do all this with all your weird musician friends yeah. too. Well, we're all weird together, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the shared brand of strange. Yeah. <laughs> and then that way it's, it's not so isolating, yeah. which is cool. Uh, which I've noticed with a lot of creative types and stuff that there is kind of a feeling at least earlier on of isolation and maybe depression right. and that kind yep. of shit was, is that something that yep for sure yeah because like yeah. i used to just play guitar for myself in my room and i was yeah. like a weird kid and stuff it was like yeah. i always fit in well but there was always like weird insecurity and like unsure and like all that weird stuff and like up and down yeah. it's i think there is a part of like emotional it's not instability isn't the right word but there's right. like we're all all creative types have that like that yeah. ups and downs right like yeah, we are yeah. it's almost like we're more in tune with our emotions than like the more like the construction worker guys, right? Like right. that kind of thing. It's like, the and stoic. both sides of it, right? Yeah. Like for whatever reason. So it, it seems very common in yeah. in this world, yeah. but it becomes that sense of community eventually. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, there yeah. is no real competition in music. It's yeah. I tell my students, there's no place for it. Yeah. Right. It's great to want to be better than yourself, but you shouldn't want to be better than the guy beside you. Cause right. why does that matter? I can yeah. always find you a better player. I can find you a better songwriter. There are, there yeah. always will be ones. Right. Yeah. And if you ask guys like Paul, McCartney, who I consider to be one of the greatest songwriters ever, right? He's not going to consider himself one of the best. Yeah, he's going to tell you fifteen yep. other guys that are yep. better than him, and yep. it's it's all subjective, of course. Yep. But yeah, I try to tell people, and because it always worked for me. I have no competition in my yeah. personality. I don't, yeah. I don't have it. Like yeah. when we would play sports, it's like, no, you you can have the ball. Like I'm not, I'm not. It's not that big a deal, right? yeah. and it's just a stupid game. Yes. And it, the people hated it because they, you know, they're all competitive. But yeah. it was like when I found music, it was like, yeah, yeah, that's my thing because this everybody benefits, yeah. right? Like yeah. and we're then, all together. Yeah, and if you are only ever competitive with yourself, especially in in music, then everybody else that you're playing with benefits from that yep. as well. And then you get to be a better player yep. because you're always trying to improve what you're doing. Yep, and. The other thing, too, that I, I brought up with a, another friend of mine, Christy, when she was here. Uh, she's a makeup artist. She's really fucking right. good. I, I'll show you some of her shit later. It's nice. crazy. Um, I, w I was talking about um, how if there's always somebody better than you, then there's always ideas to steal. Yeah. <laughs> Which sure is, like, is. that's so handy because, yep. you know, like, I was talking about uh, Clutch earlier. I love their stuff. 
and they are better writers than I am. Right. I listen to their shit and I'm like, that is a really, really good idea. I I'm... will undeniably steal some of yeah. Guthrie's ideas out of that right. tune that I've been showing you lately. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And not like outright, but it's like some of that will inevitably rub off on my it playing and it will change something. Yeah. It will change a riff. It will change yeah. something cool. And it's like, and I had never thought about trying to put it together. Yeah. And even, even for me, sometimes it's nice and it's like a good validation of like, hey, I want to write a riff like this. Yep. But I don't know how it would ever fit in something. Because I remember hearing like bands like Mastodon for the first time yeah. and being like, there is a place for this weird fucking shit that I want to play yeah, in man. this world. Like, it's not just, I can record it and put it out there and yeah. somebody will like it. Because yeah. like, this shit is super fucking weird and it's, people love it, right? Yeah. Like Mastodon's huge. So it's like, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. like, there's a nice validation of that. Like, hey, maybe I can put this weird stuff out right. there and not get laughed at or yeah. just ignored entirely, right? Yeah. And it's So it's well, nice in that way yeah. too. <laughs> the same thing happened to me when I was, a teenager and the first time I heard like Primus or Faith No More right. or any yeah. of that or like really early Chili Peppers yeah. like when it was just like Uplift the Mofo Party Plan kind yeah. of stuff when it was Weird stuff. all over the fucking yeah. place I was like whoa psychedelic jazz fusion I, <laughs> weird why not why not yeah. you know and that's such a cool freeing uh, I guess point of view to take too because yeah. like I love that weird and I always wanted to play Really strange stuff too. When I was a kid, and I, yep. at first I had no idea how to actually make it work properly. Right. Yep. But you know, the, obviously, the better I got as a player, the more I was able to take strange ideas and kind of disguise them in a format that are a little easier to digest. Yep. And at least for me, that's a big test of yep. of my songwriting ability. Is if I can take a really bizarre concept and show it to Amber, and have her go, "Wow, I really like that," and I'll go. Yes. I did it. <laughs> yes. Yep. If I can sneak it past her, yeah, because she is kind of the the every listener yeah. in a way, yeah. right? Because she's not musically trained, but right. she listens to a shitload of music. Yep. Now that being well, said, she's not necessarily going to appreciate it for the musical complexity of the idea. She'll exactly. Appreciate it for the what it is. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's got a good groove. That's a nice yep. melody. I like that. It's a little weird, but I dig it. Yep. Although. <laughs> Uh, every once in a while, she'll surprise the shit out of me. I came home the other day, and she was listening to Mr. Bungle. That is like, kind of strange. Right? They're, that's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's like, do you know this band? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck are you listening to Mr. Bungle? She's yeah. like, it's like kind of deranged circus music. This is really scary, but I, in a good way. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Do you want to just listen to the record front to back? She's like, okay. So yeah. we just sat there and listened to Mr. Bungle for like two nice. hours. It was fucking nice. weird. Yep. It was a fun experience, though. I was like, yep. oh, wow, well, I was not expecting to do this with you tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's it's also nice in the way that, like, as a, what I, not necessarily my playing is super versatile, but what I like is super yes. versatile. And I don't, I was never cool with the idea of oh, I'm in this band so I can only be this guy. Right. Right? Because, like, I it always pissed me off with, like, Metallica fans, how it was like when they would try something new, people would get all up in arms. And it's like, well, they're not mm. just going to write Master of Puppets over and over and over again. Because, yeah. like, do you still love the same songs that you loved 20 years ago? Because I don't. Yeah. Like, I still like them, but they're not, yeah. they, don't they don't speak to me the same yeah, way. Exactly. And it's like, maybe I want to play a country riff in this song. Maybe I right? want to play this or that. Yeah. And to the idea of being in a band that allows all of it is like... Yeah. That's Fuck amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's why I loved bands like Floyd and stuff, because there are yeah. no limits in that band. Right. It's like, I want to be heavy on those songs, so I will. And I yeah. want to be really soft and pretty on this one, so I will. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like it, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Like, you know, I I still enjoy Creeping Death. Yeah, But sure. it, it may not grab me the same way that 
like um pissed off teenage dawson would have grabbed exactly it. <laughs> exactly right? and like now i i might find myself drawn more to something like gravity by john mayer yeah right especially off of where the light is right that, that live version of it because it's yep. really fucking good it is really good but you know like something like that where when i was a kid well maybe not because i was around that around the creeping death time was when i was starting to find crochet but you know a couple right. of years before that when i was like 13 14 slayer wasn't heavy enough for me right i couldn't i i didn't know how to get my hands on black metal <laughs> right but um well because back then you actually had to try to find it <laughs> yeah yeah you had to be introduced it wasn't to just it. like youtube black metal <laughs> right but like it's not like yeah you couldn't just type in white chapel and you'd be like oh oh whoa this is yeah. a little much for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so I don't know. Like, I, I agree. I totally agree. Like, sometimes I want to play jazz. Sometimes I want to play a bluegrass tune. Yep. Sometimes I want to play some really, really old school rock and roll, like some old fucking Chuck Berry or something. Yep. Or something maybe even older than that, like where it really came from, like Sunhouse or Howlin' yep. or not Howlin' Wolf. He was later. Uh, but um, um, Robert Johnson or yep. something all like that. All the early original yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, Lead Belly, all those yep. old cats. And that's why right. the internet is great in that way that it yeah. allows the market. Yeah it to be expansive right because yep. it's like back then there, there's always been a market for weird strange things like Frank Zappa and all that but it was oh, like yeah. but your outlet was so limited that it's like oh the radio won't play it and nobody knows where to get my CD it's yep. like nothing I can't do anything about it now it's like oh Mastodon will take a band you've never heard of and the next thing you know they're everywhere because yep. people can YouTube them yeah. and it's like I like this band I show it all to my friends and yeah, put it on Facebook exactly. and it's like now this unknown band that would never get anywhere 20 years ago yeah. is huge and yeah. it's great yeah, but totally Totally. Yeah, it's a double-edged so sword, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good it's so bad. funny that you brought up Zappa, though, because my, my mom showed me Frank Zappa when I was a kid, and yeah. she's like, don't tell your father I showed you this. Oh, yeah, my dad did the same and was like, don't tell your mom that I showed you these songs. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, because my dad was not a Zappa guy, and he's like, my mom and I were listening to it, and um, the song Titties and Beer came on, and she's like, oh, boom, and just like pulls the needle off the album, because like, I think it was um, that compilation that I offend someone, which is right. just like a bunch of like the dirtiest songs, of course. which was crazy. <laughs> and uh, like, oh man, like that song uh, in France. Do you know that song? Yeah. Oh Jesus! Oh yeah, he was like, great that way. <laughs> hilarious, Dynamo Hum and stuff. Yeah. It was funny because like, it was weird. She pulled the needle for titties and beer, but we listened to Dynamo Hum, and I think because I didn't really. It was, we probably, it was too yeah, didn't metaphorical. Get it, yeah, I didn't know. Like, applied rotation to a sugar plum. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was the same. Like, I remember uh, the Toys in the Attic album, right? Right. And right. I was allowed to listen to the whole thing except the last track, which is my big 10-inch. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> and the best part is my mom basically told me what it was about by not letting me listen to it. If yeah. she hadn't just let me listen to it, I would have been, I never would have known because right? I would have been like, yeah, it's a 10-inch record. Cool, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I would have never got the reference that there is no 10-inch records, right? right? Like it's, But she's like, you cannot listen to the song. And it's like, well, why not? Why can't I listen to yeah. this song, right? Which now is like taboo. the typical thing. Like, yeah. don't swear. Well, well I'm going to because now yeah. I shouldn't, right? But it's like, if yeah. you don't react, and who cares? But yeah. It, yeah, that was Absolutely. the first like <laughs> experience like that. It's yeah. like, you can listen to Toys in the Attic, but you cannot listen to this yeah. song. It's, I actually have vivid memories of sneaking <laughs> looks at the album cover from Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell. Right, yeah. For a couple of reasons. One, because the album art is was great. fucking sick. Yeah. And secondly, it said hell on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't yeah. be. I was like four or five, and I have like, vivid memories. That yeah. album 
covers burned into my brain. Oh yeah, I it's the same. Just, I was a kid, and my dad and my uncle used to uh, sit around and watch The Wall by Pink oh, Floyd. And man, there's that scene where movie. all the groupies get their way in, and they're all That's topless. Right. And I would be like behind the couch watching. Like, ah! <laughs> I don't know why this makes me feel yeah, funny. But like, I don't know what I'm watching. Right? Funny. And it was funny because like what I truly remember was how freaked out I would get from uh, Goodbye Blue Sky, where oh, all that creepy animation. Yeah, and it was like man. nightmares for ever from right. that fucking shit like so and my mom would yell at my dad because she'd be like why would you let him watch that dad's like i didn't know he was in the room like, I, sh- I showed that to a buddy of mine uh it was one of the first times i ever got him stoned right and we uh, put on we put on the wall and uh, he's a huge megadeth fan right and we're watching and goodbye blue sky comes on and he's like why are those doves killing Vic rattlehead because yeah. the skeleton's like falling over yeah. and shit right and he's like turn it off turn yeah, it off he's so like, dramatic. He had, like such a bad freak out it was yeah. so funny. it's so off putting oh. it's so like between how creepy that song is like how creepy it oh, swings yeah. between like you know oh super creepy and then super pretty and yeah. the way they animate that is just like I am mesmerized but uh, like utterly but terrified horrible. Yeah. what i'm seeing <laughs> yeah when i was a kid one of my favorite things to do was to put on the trial and sit in the dark and see how long i could last with yeah. the trial in pitch black because it was yeah. so creepy so creepy like it's just like oh you yeah. know it like, oh. well it's funny because like that album my dad always still i don't know how honest it truly is but it makes for a great story is he always says that i was a sh- like a like a handful when I came home, like wouldn't stop right. crying or whatever. And he put the wall on and I went to sleep. Really? <laughs> and there's a part of me that feels like it's true. Cause it's like one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder if I actually like, I kind of like that kind of music forever. So I'm like, yeah. there's a part of me that feels like it is true. Yeah. It must be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, for the longest time, the wall was my favorite. And then eventually dark side overtook it. Right. You know? Um, and I, th- I think mostly due to the production and also more so the, uh, the us and them message of dark side, as opposed to Roger Waters feels isolated yep. message, yep. which it took me a lot longer to kind of, co- um, comprehend what was going on with right. the two records. Um, also I think, um, dark side of the rainbow. Right. Yeah. That helped a lot. Yep. You know, you sync it up third row of the MGM line. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Yep. You know, and when like the scarecrow's doing the dance to um, uh, brain damage. Right. The lunatics yep. are on the grass. And he's yep. like doing his weird scarecrow his dance. Lunatic and shit. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think for me, I always like the wall more and that I always like the sparseness and the darkness of that yeah. album. Right. Yeah. Like it's because I've never been a fan of guilt of like, I like Gilmore. I, he's like my favorite guitar player, but I don't like a lot of his solo stuff because he's too right. pretty all the time. It's like yeah. he needs Roger's like darkness, darkness to go with yeah, it. Right? And totally. I found the wall was that perfect blend of like happy and sad and like really dark overall, yeah. but had really great moments of yeah. beauty. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. It was very bipolar. Huge, yeah, very uh, much so. Like, uh, And that maybe that just speaks to me as a person. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But for whatever reason, that album is huge for me. Yeah. No, me too, man. For a long time. Like, um, that that was the record that got me into Floyd. It right. was another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Yeah. Mom showed it to us and I was like, oh, whoa. And that was right around the time when we were starting to discover that era of rock and roll. Because right. prior to that was like Elvis and Chuck Berry and, yep. and uh, Jerry Lee and, and yep. all these like, ex- with the exception of uh, Chuck Berry was all white boys trying to play 
essentially yeah. lose, <laughs> yeah. which was like predominantly the, the foundation. Of yeah, rock. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. Well, that's that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, shit. Even the Stones were basically just doing. Well, not basically. They were. They were doing yeah. covers of old blues tunes, yep. which were all done first and better by their by their black contemporaries yep. and predecessors as well. Yep. And it's uh, it's kind of funny that there's so many people that attribute hound dog to elvis presley and it's like yeah, that's it's no. that's big mama thornton man yeah. it's like oh, you yeah. can find which i do like that about the internet now because you can prove that yeah. shit you can be like bam yeah, five wrong. years <laughs> earlier yeah you know and as much as it does kind of pain me um you can find all the original songs that zeppelin stole yep um and which bums me out because john paul jones is the reason that i started playing music yeah. i didn't know it at the time that because it was it was black dog was the first song yep. that i ever heard uh by zeppelin and it also made bass a viable instrument to yeah, me, which sure is so did. funny that you wanted to start as a bass player because i <laughs> wanted to be a guitar player yep. and bass was for the the loser younger brother that didn't get as good at guitar as fast as the older brother <laughs> right? did which is exactly <laughs> what happened in my house uh but um, when my dad was convincing me to pick up the bass because Devin got better at guitar faster than right, I did, yeah. and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. He's like, well, why don't you play the bass? I'm like, yeah, it's for losers. He's like, well, the bass player wrote Black Dog. And I was like, oh. Oh, you don't well, say. <laughs> if you could write a riff like that on the bass, then maybe, maybe it's all right. Well, he wrote The Ocean, too, didn't well, he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He he was the unsung hero. Of that oh, for band. sure he was. The secret like, weapon, man. Yeah. Like, cause, well, I always say John and John are the key to that band, yeah, right? Like, right? without them, they are, they're nothing. Yeah. Like, and I, it pains a lot of people to hear me say that, but yeah. it's like, well, you don't get to have that kind of freedom yeah. without that kind of foundation. Yeah, and you so, need that rhythm sorry, section but... to be that solid, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's, it's wild, too, because there are a lot of guitar players that, I mean, now, maybe the creativity level of the way to voice certain things or the way to play those riffs in the way that um that page did or like honestly more than a guitar player i think page was a really good producer for sure he was it's to I, me he's like his he shone in the studio yeah i hate all lives live zeppelin Dude, but like, yeah i don't stuff. i don't like and it's a lot of it's him like yeah. i do not okay. care for page at all as a live player and it's like he's a little sloppy super like sloppy but like all about showboating and like not playing the parts but in the studio like amazing yeah. like but yeah, but that's just me, right? Yeah. Like, well, he also came from the world of being a studio player yep. for a long, long time. Yep. But uh, yeah, and then you know what though, Plant, like before his voice kind of went. Yep. Fuck that cat had pipes, man. Like, yep. God damn. But I totally some loser pants. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pants were a little tight. <laughs> We've got well, unfortunately, it's like it's the most iconic poster in the world, it's right? Like, it's just, damn it. <laughs> Robert Plant, his hair, and his dick. Yeah. It's like the three separate entities. Yeah, on that page. It's like, fuck. Uh, oh, Christ. But, yeah. But, yeah um, uh, I can't remember what I was saying. I don't know. I was making a Spinal Tap reference. But, yeah, no, it's like, it. bass is a, to me, bass is the unsung hero oh. of any great band, right? Yeah, like, yeah If for you're sure. great at that instrument, you're not noticed. Yeah. But you're, when your presence isn't there, you are. Yeah, once the bass line right? is gone, people are like, oh, something's yeah. wrong. Uh, it was funny on, there's a, I was telling you about that three hour podcast that I yep. did um, with my buddy, Bob. He He's not a musician. He's definitely a connoisseur of music. He's the guy that actually right. I freaked out with the wall. Right. Um, He's got a really cool film podcast it's called The Frame Apart. If you're, because you said you don't really listen to podcasts, maybe that's one to check in. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
he was, he was get, he was busting my balls about being a bassist. Right. So, and this is after I had long come to terms with the idea of being a bass player. I think I was like 17 at this point. And I had to sit him down because at the time, his favorite band was Rage Against the Machine. As at <laughs> right. the time, so was mine. <laughs> yeah. And he's like shitting on bass. Yeah, it's like, and, listen, man. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, there's no riff heavier than Calm Like a Bomb. And I'm like, all right, now sit down, shut your mouth, and listen to this. And I'm like, do you hear that? he's like yeah and i'm like that's the bass yeah that's the bass do you hear that shit i'm like that's the guitar yeah he goes oh okay yeah i was like so what do you think about the bass now he's like oh fuck well it's like if you think of some of the most iconic parts there's some of them are bass parts right because it's like another one bites the dust the bass line is the is the part it's like uh money yeah. that's all bass work right yeah. like it's like some well, of the, the solos pretty yeah but like the song yes. itself yes. is all Absolutely. around the bass line like yeah. fuck, it's the just guitar a great through that walk. is like, it's like right? just a fucking one yeah. lick kind of idea until the solo but yeah, yeah it's yeah very aggressive bass playing a lot of the time hugely hugely and like shit um take your pick of green day yeah right like mike dirnt yeah, is and, the and, most solid member of that band. Yeah, well, <laughs> Trey Cool's pretty good fucking drummer. Oh, yeah, but it's like, for him, I find that, like, Mike is the guy who keeps the foundation there, oh, right? Because yeah, it totally. allows Trey to be that crazy, yes. over-the-top, yes. punk rock kind of drummer, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna absolutely. do huge fills all over the fucking place, yeah. like, to be a maniac, but... Totally, and Billy Joe can sing like a motherfucker. Yeah. But... As far as like shredder guitar, no, not he's so like much. he's probably one of the tightest rhythm guys. Oh, out there. Hugely, like, hugely. It's, he's a he's, metronome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's yeah. Never does he's, he play crazy stuff. Yeah. It's uh, he's the rhythm guitar equivalent of Phil Rudd. Yeah, yeah, he totally <laughs> is. But it's the same like he's Hetfield, but in like yes. in punk like pop punk yeah. world, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas like exactly. James is that guy in metal. Yeah. Uh, you want a metronome guitar player? Hire James Hetfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's got it. Just just don't put him near any pyrotechnics. No, no, <laughs> and try to avoid having him play with wires. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise there might be a stabbing. It's like putting Sting and Stuart Copeland in the same room. It it's just recipe for disaster. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun, but it is getting kind of late, and we both have to work tomorrow. This and is very true. I, I have noticed you checking the time every once in a while. Let's just like see it over there. So yeah, no, for sure. But, yeah, but thanks right. a lot, man. This has been a lot of fun, and I look forward to uh, some of our upcoming recording projects together. Yeah, which fun, uh, details for those will come out as they progress. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you've been listening to Six Four Six with Ben Foss. I'm Dawson McManus. Have a good night, everybody.